From all corners of the globe to your ears, it's the Midnight Movie Cowboys. Sometimes informative, sometimes controversial, but always unpredictable. It's the Midnight Movie Cowboys podcast with your hosts, Hunter, John, and Stu. And now, on with the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to week one of Monsters Month. That's M-U-N-T-H. Uh, here at the Midnight Movie Cowboys, you've got myself, Stuart, here in the uh, prison cell of Melbourne, Australia, until November 26th, when we hopefully get that piece of shit out. Um, yeah, Dan Andrews. Um, and to my bottom right, down there, should be Hunter Doosing in Dallas, Texas. To my bottom, bottom left, whatever way he is, yeah. that way, is... Um, One of them, them ways. Right. Okay. Right. The other way, um, uh, quickly get rid of some ramen noodles, is uh, Mr. John Grace in Denver, Colorado. Hello. And <laughs> he's, look, he's here. Shit, Garrow. <laughs> Over now, uh, New Florida uh, uh, expat. Yep, formerly of Boston, now in <laughs> Florida, and um, yeah, the, the great mass hole himself. Yep, started pronouncing my R's because I, I I moved out of Massachusetts. I now say car <laughs> instead of car. Instead of- <laughs> it's a drawer, not a draw, right? Yeah. <laughs> Have you had any clam um, chowder? Yeah, <laughs> and I I and I go to Harvard Yard. I have a dad. McGarrow would uh, impersonate Laser Cray's boss back in the day. Mm. He would often exaggerate his own Boston accent to get Laser Cray's boss's voice across. I got the back seat filled with Godzilla toys. I'm going to sell them fucking all. It's like Godzilla. <laughs> Was your boss Harvey Firestein? We're going to listen to uh, ACDC and kiss the entire way there. If, um, <laughs> If Weinstein was a heterosexual, uh, psychotic Brazilian, yeah. And what plants? <laughs> Sociopathic and, you know, loved, uh, loved uh, Kiss and Zeppelin, you know. And Godsmack? Godsmack! <laughs> like oh, man. Kid Rock. Even- he tortured me and nope. Yara with the Kid Rock, on- <laughs> which doesn't seem oh. so bad now, but yeah. he was... Uh, I love Kid Rock. That all the way to New York. And- <laughs> <laughs> he loves America as much as I do. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't sell those Godzilla toys for shit in Brazil. <laughs> but here, they sell for millions of dollars. <laughs> Did I tell you I got a giant Godzilla in my living room? <laughs> <laughs> you gotta see my three foot Majin, it's very big. <laughs> Come over, look at my Majin, look at my large Godzilla, then we'll play virtual fight on my second Dreamcast. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh oh boy remember I used to play the drunken guy in, in, in Virtual Fighter and keep beating him and he gets so pissed <laughs> <laughs> I remember that I was there for that stuff 
Yeah. Hey, what? Just quick, what years were they that you guys were there? Oh, those were like mid to late nineties, I think. Yeah, nineteen ninety six, and also ninety eight, ninety nine. Laser was still around then. They were dying, weren't they? They yeah, were. It was starting to die in the late nineties. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because DVD was just coming around, and it became popularized with the Matrix. So that was like yeah. ninety nine, two thousand. Yeah, DVDs were cheaper, and Laserdiscs were getting more expensive, which killed that market. <clears throat> and DVDs were like fourteen bucks, brand new. Mm. And they didn't. And you have, have like twenty minutes to a side either. Yeah. Well, if you wanted to, to go, if you wanted to like, what, what was it? Go slow motion. You had to have like the, a fucking four sided movie, and you could do that in CAV. The CAV. Yeah. CAV yeah. format. Uh, I mean, that were clear. That were clearer when you paused them than what DVDs were. Mm. Uh, I still believe that to this day. I'm not trying to be some sort of retro hippie, but I'm, it is true. Um, if they actually released those movies in anamorphic, you know, kind of figure out where, where it was going with widescreen TVs. Yeah. I mean, I'd rather have Laserdisc than DVD. Still got mine. Like, well, audio is better. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, Blu-ray Blue, is now probably better than Laserdisc was, but Laserdisc did have some advantages over DVD. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely agree with that. Didn't have to turn down the sharpness. That's what uh, Laser Craze boss showed me. <laughs> like, look, John, you don't have to reduce the sharpness. <laughs> he was showing me Jason and the Argonauts because I was buying a Laserdisc player off of them. And All right. Look at that. No, no sharpness control. You don't have to. <laughs> Looks good. All right, Garo. So before we get into everything, I have to ask you, we probably have asked you before, was Superman 4 really as popular there as it was at that store? Uh, yeah, that's what I heard. It was like Superman four and Jeff Stryker jacking off later. <laughs> were very big <laughs> or were, were, cause, cause I guess they couldn't release Cause wasn't it, you couldn't release like gay porn on laziness. <laughs> so they had to have like, like, um, Superman four quest for peace with nuclear man. And then they had like, uh, um, Jack got like, what was it? It was like Jeff Stryker. Was that the guy? They, like <laughs> him, like fucking laziness. So I feel like him jacking off, which had just something like that. And, you know, you've got, then, bo- yeah. you got boomers um, now. you got boomers watching this going, oh, I love me the monsters back in the 60s. They listen to this yeah, sort of stuff. Yeah, they're, <laughs> File complaint. They're yeah, like, because they're all, like, the people, we- all the people who uh, pressed, uh, pressed the laser discs were a bunch of chads back then and were like, no, none of that gay shit. We ain't having it. Mm. You know? Yeah. So, <laughs> so they had to figure out some way around it. Mm. Well, they're also, um, it turned out, I think, that the gay buyers didn't, want to buy pornography on Laserdisc. They had no interest in it. I think there was some... That's that's why they got stuck with all these Jeff Stryker Laserdiscs, because uh, the gays didn't want that stuff. They would rather watch something like Superman 4, where it's all implied. <laughs> you know, some wrestling and slow-mo and nuclear man looking handsome and all that crap. Wrestling on the moon! Yeah, and also like, the people... The people who yeah, the manager was um, the manager actually made that decision to buy all that stuff or one of the buyers and mm. he was gay, but he had misjudged his own audience. That's what I was told. Not laser craze boss. But. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. After all that, after we've cleared out the audience, um, we are yeah, gonna be Yeah, we're gonna be talking uh week one of this month of the monsters. We're gonna be talking about uh, a few episodes of various shows. We're doing uh, three, well, really two and a half episodes of the original Monsters. Mm-hmm. Actually, three and a half, because Gara and I actually took notes for... We'll get into it in a minute. Then we got an episode of the Monsters today. 
And then we got <laughs> uh, something that would have been popular with the uh, other crowd. Yeah. Mockingbird Lane. We'll get into that. I mean, it, yeah. 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 <sighs> Boy. All right. The Monsters. These guys. Yeah. Yeah. And here. Them. Um, Big fan of the Monsters. <laughs> have been since I was a kid. I gather everybody else mm -hmm. here. Has yeah. been as well. Not new to them. Uh, so, yeah. We'll uh, get straight into it, I guess. And we're going to go with My Fair Monster, the unaired pilot, uh, yeah. which is only available on these DVD sets, or you can see it on YouTube. It's up there or... Yeah, I believe it is on uh, Archive.org. You can find it around there or Dailymotion, one of those video sites. But a physical copy. Uh, there's actually... Video DVDs out there, I, I believe they're unofficial releases that have, you know, Lost Monsters stuff. And this is one of them that's on there, along with an alternate version of My Fair Monster, which was not the one that was screened in 64 um, on there, along with a couple other things as well. But if you're buying that, you're really buying it a bootleg, I believe it is. Okay, My Fair Monster unaired pilots. Yeah, what do you guys think? It's, uh, you know, it's always interesting to see what these shows, the kind of rough draft, that's kind of what it is. It's a rough draft of the monsters. Like, you know, Eddie is, instead of being like Beaver Cleaver with a Dracula haircut, he's a, like a werewolf <laughs> or something, you know, and he's just like, and he's got these nasty teeth. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's some different casting decisions. But mm -hmm. overall, I mean, the vibe of the show is there for the most part. You could see why it got picked color. up. It was just needed yeah. that bit of tweaking. Uh, I've got my notes here. It was great to see a, a Monsters episode in color, which yeah. this is. Um, but they gone. I don't know if it was a cost decision to film in black and white after the the thing over the pilot that we were talking about. I don't know what it was. It, I, I guess, it does work because we're so used to seeing the monsters. TV show in black and white. Uh, we've got a different actress, Joan Marshall, playing not mm. Lily, but Phoebe. Phoebe um, Monster. Yeah. Which, yeah, it doesn't ring. Yeah. Lily. Lily's a thing. That's the... Yeah. Uh, we've got a different actor playing Eddie Happy Derman as more of a wolf character, yeah. who is, in my my notes, absolutely awful and easy to see why yeah. he was replaced. Just dreadful. Not really a character. No Butch Patrick, that's for sure. Um, episode only runs 13 minutes, and it's pretty much the first half of the full episode of My Fair Monster Pilot. Uh, it ends with Grandpa making the love potion for Marilyn. So, um, Garrow, what do you think? Grandpa? Al well, Lewis? Did, did, <laughs> yeah? did, you notice, did you notice that they elongated uh, Al Lewis's nose on that pilot? Oh, he yeah. Like, he looks like the happy merchant. Uh, on the episode, <laughs> early episodes, like the first episode, I think he's his nose is like that in the action. No, no, I watched I, I watched the first episode, uh, and his nose was short, shorter. That's how I noticed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, There's it was a like second or third episode where it is long, like it is. Then the, they might have, then they might have shot aired him out of order. Then I, th I think they did. I, they I, did. I, they yeah. always did that back okay. then. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. He goes but, to the, um, to the, he goes to the showrunners. You know, Ed Norm, I feel kind of offended 
with how I look mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. And actually, yeah. when he was mixing up he the potion, so I could see him him being sensitive about that. Well, it, actually, yeah. this, I was going to get into that. There was a potion when he was flip, flipping through the book, and he said a potion for communists. So, <laughs> what to create them or eliminate them? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Depends on if Elia Kazan was on set that day. You know. True. Yeah. But um, what else you take away from Agaro? Um, I actually didn't like that it was shot in color. It actually looked like yeah. a like a Ray Dennis Steckler movie than action actual like you know TV show. Um, it, it made it look cheaper. You know. Um, hmm. You know, I just it, and also because Herman's makeup wasn't fully there yet. In fact, he looks Herman Munster looks more like what the guy in Rob Zombie's uh, movie looks like than the guy than he does in the actual TV show. Dollar you Tree know? Herman, yeah, yeah. Because he also didn't have the bulkiness to him yet. You know that they added. Um, uh, you know, and it and there was like hardly any chemistry between. Uh, the people there because the woman they had playing Phoebe mm-hmm. just did not have the kind of warmness that you know Yvonne De Carlo had. No, so it, I can see why she was you know replaced. She wasn't terrible, and- but Yvonne De Carlo is a far better actress as well. So, yeah, but you know, I think that black and white television ages it just ages better than a lot of not all color TV, but uh, like a lot of it. And it, it's more evocative of the universal horror films. It just works better. Um, I even think Rob Zombie's movie would be more striking if it was in black and white, which who knows, he may do a version of it in black and white. It's Don't do it do. yourself. <laughs> yeah. Just strip, yeah. turn your color right down. Just, <laughs> But yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's it's a small tiny it's it's kind of a curious like some other stuff we're going to talk about mm-hmm. it's a curiosity piece for monsters fans mm-hmm. um it just kind of gives you an idea it gives you a look into how like you know you've got to work <coughs> these ideas out on these shows they don't just pop out fully formed you know <laughs> yeah john uh well keep in mind pilots back then they were only like 15 minutes and that was because they were they were really proof of concept to show to executives to see if they'd green light the show and then the executives would make notes they were never meant to be aired like i've seen pilots for dick tracy from the 60s produced by the batman Mm -hmm. people i've seen one for wonder woman also made by the batman people there's one for the phantom that's only like 15 minutes that was done i think in the 50s there's a steve reeves tarzan knockoff show from the 50s before he did the Italian movies and it's only 15 minutes so they were kind of shown to executives and executives would go okay can we do this and do that and they may have it looks like they looked at this and said hey can you make it black and white like the old Universal Monster movies because the only reason I think the Monsters and the Adams Family were greenlit is because the Universal shock theater packages were doing so great at TV stations around the country uh, where they'd show the classic Universal Monster movies every Saturday night and that was like a syndicated thing And uh, there was kind of monster mania going on in the 60s anyway. So this was a cash in. And um, yeah, it's interesting. It's sort of a look at what could have happened and where they made adjustments. And, um, you know, I I agree with all the decisions they made to change stuff. Also, I I think I'd read somewhere they thought Joan Marshall's Phoebe looked too similar to Morticia Adams. And they knew the Adams family Mm -hmm. was in production at another, you know, at another network. And they just said... Mm -hmm. She looks too close to, you know, Morticia in the Charles Adams 
cartoons or whatever. Hey, can uh, she, can she look more? I mean, I always think they made Lily look more like the woman in uh, Mark of the Vampire with Bella Lugosi. Right. Like he's got the vampire bride, and that's that's what I think Lily was based on. Okay. Because she's not based on Gloria Talbot and Dracula's daughter or anything like that. No, 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 no. Yeah. Not at all. But I liked it. I, I enjoy it's It's interesting to watch stuff like this. I don't take it as something you actually criticize or judge. No. It's just... Yeah. It's just, like a demo. It's like a demo recording or yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah, good to see. Uh, it's not really meant for consumption. It was, I would say, probably 70% realized at that time. There was the op- there was the adjustments with some of the cast. And like Gary said, Al's, Al Lewis's nose was, was way too out there. I, I thought it the same is, thing. It is like, it is cartoonish. It's, how, it's, it's, and it's like for that. at the end. It's just. Yeah, yeah. we were just waiting for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah exactly it's it's you know you kind of go what, 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 what's going on there <laughs> all right uh anything more to say on this fellas no, no i think we can move on all right uh, i've got here my notes uh, overall security ICPs, great to see it in color understand the cast changes they made and i gave it a five out of ten which is not to say it's awful it's just not sort of thing you really rank it's only 13 minutes long yeah yep um, now, uh, there is the My Fair Monster that was aired, which I don't know if John and Hunter watched, but Garrow and I did, I did. Uh, coincidentally. I actually didn't watch that one. The one that's listed on Peacock was, for being the first episode was mm-hmm. the one where uh, uh, she's where Marilyn is dating some dude, and they get invited to a uh, costume party. And then, yeah, oh. so that's the one I watched, because that was listed as being the first one, and it did right. mirror the beginning of the episode where Marilyn yeah. brings someone to the, to the house and, um, oh. and yeah. So okay. it, it, you did, it did use part of the pilot in that episode. Okay. I got to watch that because the one I watched was actually one called my fair monster. Uh, the full length episode, first one filmed, but the second one aired. So season one, episode two, yeah, the I've first seen one that filmed one too. That that's, that's right. the one where he makes the love potion, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I watched the first two episodes because the DVD has it where you think the costume party one where that Garrow's describing is the first episode, which I guess it is. So, but it, the menu is confusing. Where I thought, oh, did I play the wrong one? But it doesn't matter with shows like that, which is the cool thing about watching yeah. an old '60s show. You don't have to watch them in order. Yeah, you can just throw any of them on. It doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. Anyway, the notes I took for it, I said it's got a similar opening scene, slightly different dialogue. The dialogue's toned down a bit with the removal of Marilyn saying to her date in the car, why don't you come on inside? I hate to see it end, which could have been seen as a proposal of sex. Uh, the first half is more streamlined but follows the same structure. They managed to condense the original 13 minutes down to nine and a half minutes. So it is it is a bit tighter in that section there. Uh, the second half involves Marilyn not taking the love potion Grandpa had slipped into her oatmeal. Instead, Lily winds up scraping Marilyn's oatmeal back into the vat. When Marilyn says she doesn't have time to eat as she was running late for school, Lily then serves up a plate for herself and Herman when he emerges to have breakfast with her. They eat the oatmeal, they eat the oatmeal and the neighbors become romantically infatuated with Lily and Herman. Um, yeah. It's a you know standard 24 and a half minute fair. Uh, the show opening features all the cast members but with Fred Gwynn last. So you see um, Al Lewis, uh, you see Yvonne DiCarlo, Al Lewis, Beverly Owen, Butch Patrick, then Herman Munster. Even though he's the main star of the show, he's seen last. They do change that later on in the show when they uh, have to re-film uh, the opening for Beverly Owen's uh, departure from the show and Pat Priest coming in. 
I've got here my notes. Great series opening episode, even though it was broadcast the second episode. Anybody got any further thoughts on that they want to put into it? Good opening um, episode. Uh, it's funny. I yeah. think it kind of expresses the type of humor you're in for for the rest of the series. I think it's actually a great... It's a fantastic way to start, and I can see why they aired it first. Or and, they aired it second, but mm. I think they were still... It was probably just on the, the delay schedule or... Um, I can't say the party one was stronger, but maybe it got across the weirdness of the monsters better to the TV audience. They thought that was a better way to go, is my guess. I think that one kind of establishes what's funny about the monsters is yeah. they're really nice, wholesome people, but they don't understand how terrifying they are to <laughs> and how weird they are. And uh, just the, the humor of the show is them interacting with the square world, you know. Um, well, put the monsters in modern day society; they wouldn't be sticking out that much. Well, that's uh-uh. that's what that's the direction I wish Rob Zombie had gone with mm. uh, his movie, but I don't think he has the I don't think he has the self awareness to do that. Or no. the yeah, they walk into a hot topic and they meet all his fans. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I thought? Um, I you remember when Rob when Rob Zombie was making Thirty One? I wrote that fake script page for it and yes uh, yes i was gonna i was gonna do one for uh the monsters when we all thought it was still gonna be rated r mm. and then when I, we found out it was pg i didn't do it but my whole plot was what happens is herman munster gets his brain replaced with charles manson's brain <laughs> <laughs> and then so he has to have his brain herman's brain put in another body so him and grandpa have to go around and stop herman from like raping everybody in the house and starting a cult yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and herman becomes a victor you know a, a product of mk ultra or some shit like that yeah <laughs> Yeah, no. so it was like I was gonna. Then it then it was like it's gonna be PG, and I'm like, okay, then I can't do it. All right, I, I know I know Rob Zombie's yeah. one is still a few, quite a few weeks away from the point in time this recording. But do you think he edges a bit closer towards that R rating if he gets a second one? No, no, yeah. that'll no. still rein him in. Here's the thing. Here's the thing you got to understand about Rob Zombie is if the movie's bad, it's probably going to be bad on the level of like the second live action. Flintstones movie that had Stephen Baldwin in it, mm-hmm. like that's probably going to be, the, yeah, yeah, that's going to be how like how bad it's going to be. Because here's the thing: it's not this isn't a Joel Schumacher situation where you're hiring him to do a Batman movie and he has no interest or love for Batman. He actually likes the monsters. So if it's bad, it's going to be bad in not a horrible way. It's going to be bad in just like a he wasn't the right guy to do it. Do you know mm. what I mean? You know, it's, mm. he, he's going to, he's going to be respectful, but that's still not going to stop it from being bad because he's a terrible writer, mm. you know? And, mm-hmm. and I think, I think there's some things that zombie is just going to miss because of who he is. Well, I know we're getting off, off of it a little bit, but one of the things that I remember we talked about when the trailer dropped was where's, where's Eddie? You know, uh, mm. they're, like there's a fundamental family aspect that's missing because Rob Zombie's not a family guy. You know, he, he can't and Sherry to Moon it. Zombie are kids. You know, they're mm. adults. <laughs> you know, so yeah, like that's an aspect of the. Even though they love the show, it's something as a writer that he just doesn't understand and isn't going to key into. I think, or and he doesn't have the self awareness to go. 
I don't understand that. Maybe I should study it and write it out. I don't think he's that smart, you know. Or maybe hire screenwriters who understand yeah. who well, love the John, franchise as much as he does. Whoa there. And, he's an auteur, yeah. sir. <laughs> he's I know. A, <laughs> he is a writer-director. <laughs> it's funny because you I look would. at the TV show and the average script has two writers on it because you have to have somebody adding more jokes to it to make it funnier. And uh, mm-hmm. he doesn't have the ego to to cut it back a little and let somebody else come in and and throw some jokes in and throw some gags and make it a little more human and maybe write stuff for to get Eddie in there and uh, Marilyn and all. I mean, whatever this movie turns out being, but mm. you know, it sounds like he's going for an origin story that nobody needs. And it looks yeah. like you got it wrong for somebody who claims to know the monster lore. Supposedly they got together a hundred years ago or whatever. So it's not set in the 19th century that I can tell. Nope. And you know, and you know what, if they wanted to have like, you know, in, in if there is a sequel, um, you know, he could get cherry moon zombie pregnant, you know, and have a kid to see what it's like, but she's also in her fifties. So those eggs are probably already dried up. <laughs> so it's, Baron, oh, yes. that's not happening. That's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> cherry Baron moon zombie. Yeah. She wasn't listening to Stefan Molyneux. So, you know, <laughs> And from what I read Stephen yesterday, Molyneux should have played grandpa. Yeah, mm. yeah, the, he uh, actually he would be a very good grandpa. Yeah, you should have and, children. And from what I read yesterday, this article is from May of this year, so I don't know. One hundred and fifty-eight minutes for that film is ridiculous. I don't think that could be true. It can't be. I don't. I, 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 don't I would be shocked if that report is true. I think. I think Butch is. Uh, yeah, doesn't Butch have a? problem or something or had one i i don't no, know uh, who knows <laughs> yeah. uh, probably so saw a rough i wouldn't take or something you know it probably yeah, is a rough like, cut yeah there's probably a lot of stuff that got cut out that he's probably just thinking of everything they should i don't know everything they shot like if um, this thing is longer than 90 minutes that's already already a problem mm-hmm. yeah well, no, it's it's not going to be ninety minutes. It's an origin story. Anyway, we're getting off way off track. We just, <laughs> yeah, Rob Zombie, whatever. Um, so anyway, I gave that episode seven out of ten. Even though it's not one we were covering, I just wanted to rate it. Um, I thought it. I thought the second half that they had added after the original unaired pilot held up as strong as the first half, and um, didn't want to rely solely on that first half and sort of. You know, wing its way through the second half. So, yeah, that's that one. No one got any more thoughts on that? Who watched it? All right, let's get into the first episode we officially picked for the Monsters, which is uh, Herman the Rookie, Season 1, Episode 29, original air date, April 8th, 1965. From the director uh, of Police Academy 2 and 3. Yep. No way. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, I didn't know that. Used to be a regular in the Dick Van Dyke show, and then he got into mm-hmm. directing. And really, really skilled guy. Yeah. Okay, so this is an episode I know, honey, you've spoken about before in the past. So yeah, we picked it. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, what made you pick this one, one when you when you started watching? The, what made you pick this one? Can I? Uh, can I, I guess? was just. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Uh, when the. Uh, the the guy who ran the uh, Dodgers team said he thought that Eddie and Herman looked like a bunch of wetbacks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I heard that. that made I me that, back that, 
Yeah. That made oh. me laugh so goddamn hard. <laughs> I that, took me by, that took me by surprise when I watched it. I went. <laughs> well, that goes back uh, to that term being used when John and I did. Um, we spoke about the Don Lane show, the variety show we did, where Valerie Perrine said the same thing about, oh, wet backs and all that stuff. So obviously it was a term that was used back then and even as late as the sev- late 70s, 1980, when we saw that episode, where it was just a term that you used and it didn't really mean anything. I mean, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Kinky Friedman would use it in his country songs. I know that. Okay. But... uh but I, I, as far back as I can remember, it was considered a, it was considered like a slur, you know, <laughs> like mm-hmm. you did. It was something that polite people don't say, especially in Texas. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, but no, I picked it because I was just, uh, you know, I was wanting to throw on some monsters episodes. Yeah. And uh, I just looked up like what are some fan favorites, and I saw Herman joins. Uh, is it is it the Dodgers? Who does he join? It's yeah, the, it's the Dodgers. Yeah, yeah, it's the Dodgers. That, was, that guy was the Dodgers manager at the time. Yes. Yeah, I've got yeah, Leo DeRosa. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah, this this has some Dodgers celebrity cameos in it. Um, but uh, I put it on, and I just thought it was really funny, like the him joining the baseball team and the physical humor was amusing. And, yeah. Uh, you know, I just thought it was a solid episode, like just good, consistent laughs all the way through. The Herman's interactions with the square world are really funny. <laughs> um, it, it really makes for the term situation comedy. Yes. Because it literally, and yes. because the situation involves a guy who is, well, basically Frankenstein out in normal, in the real world. So he's in situations like Grandpa is, like Lily is. And so. They're in they're in situations that are foreign to others. I mean, it wouldn't be like all of us going to a store and you know, just you know what I mean. It's just so yeah, it's just that. Um. Anyway, notes of uh, synopsis for this: Herman and Eddie are at the local ballpark playing some baseball. After Herman hits the ball way out of the park and lands eight blocks away, hitting the head of the coach of the Dodgers, Leo DeRosa. Herman is tracked then tracked down as the guy who hit the ball. Daroshi goes to the Munsters' residence to lure Herman to try out for the Dodgers. Um, yeah, I thought this one was funny as hell. I really yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah, just from yeah, the start when he's in the ballpark with Eddie and he's trying to hit the ball and he just grabs the ball and it crushes and disintegrates <laughs> into his hand. And uh, Herman not knowing his own strength is a is a funny uh, thing that plays throughout the entire series run. He just said, no, um, it's no good. I also liked some of the live-action Looney Tunes type stuff, like with him busting through the fence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I've know, got all here. that stuff is great. Yeah, yeah the, the situation, like Herman jumping up and down in excitement, in excitement, and the ballpark shaking, um, <laughs> running backwards to catch a ball and going right through the fence, uh, throwing a ground ball and the ball skidding along the ground, digging up the dirt as it goes along. Um, but what was it at the very end? uh Oh, he throws a football or something, and he yeah. gets uh, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> just like, just forget it. Run! Yeah. Don't. It's not. Yeah, it's not worth Don't, it. Yeah, do, do not get involved. But uh, you know, I think a common theme with the episodes we picked is that Herman has an opportunity to become a big celebrity, but ultimately bungles it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know. Um. 
Okay, note to this, different opening. Fred Gwynn is now featured first of the actors credited on scene. New opening was filmed due to the departure of Beverly Owen after 13 episodes, so a new one was filmed to feature new Marilyn Pat Priest, who was yep. the one who is, you know, uh, synonymous, synonymously connotated with the role of Marilyn for the Monsters. Everyone seems to forget Beverly Owen, but uh, if you want to go from a man's point of view in terms of looks, Pat Priest is nice looking. I actually think Beverly Owens, nicer looking. But that's just me. That's just my thoughts. I, I like Beverly Owens more. I, I had I don't think I've ever seen a Beverly, a Beverly Owens episode before because I mm. watched this show sporadically when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. thought she looked more like a young innocent, not aware of how beautiful she is. She she pulled off the innocent, good looking young lady mm. a lot better. Pat Priest is older by like eight Tw- or nine years. She was twenty seven when she started doing this, Pat Priest. She's well, Probably yeah. a bit too old. But, I mean, she was fine as Marilyn, uh, but she's not like the Marilyn in the Monsters today, which we'll get to later, who yeah. is, you know, the of-age one. Um, yeah, so, you know, we just see Herman trying out for very, trying out for the uh, the Dodgers and various situations happening there. Uh, Herman then isn't offered a contract. It would cost the Dodgers $75,000 in repairs every time yeah. Herman plays a game. <laughs> So the family all the time, they don't care about the money. They, they love him. They need him. Hermigan's crying tears like a running tap, which is pouring out of his eyes. So, uh, yeah, this one was um, very, very funny. Grandpa, uh, did you have his tears for experiments? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Gary, what did you think of this one? I really enjoyed it. I thought it was uh, very funny. Um, love the wetback humor. Big fan mm. of it. Um, but I enjoyed the physical humor. Uh, you know, and, and, you know, I haven't watched the monsters in probably 35 years. Haven't Ooh. watched it. I used to watch it a long time. I used to watch it all the time when I was a kid. Cause it, right. when you were a kid, you were, you either, you either watched the monsters or you watched the Adams family. And I always watched the monsters. I preferred the monsters over the Adams family. I was, um, was going to ask that question. Who's a more of a monsters fan or Adams family fan? I'm, I'm monsters. Obviously that's stupid. I, I was Monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, it was weird, though. I was Monsters TV show, but the Adams Family, when I was a kid, mm. was the movies. Yes. With Raul Julia and I agree. Uh, Christopher Lloyd. You know, those were popular, but it's like I knew there was an Adams Family TV show, but I just had no interest in it. Like, I liked the Monsters, but with the Adams Family, it was the movies, and then there were. Sp- weird video games but it seemed to for millennial kids it seemed that the adams family existed in the movie space whereas the monsters was on tv all the time so and yeah. uh yeah so you know it was definitely I, I i would like to go back and explore the adams family but yeah. um it just seemed like oh you know there's that old adams family but you know that new one on the movies is pretty good you know? it, yeah very very good Saw both in theaters, really enjoyed them. Um, yeah. Anyone else got any more thoughts on this episode at all? Yeah. No. I, if I th- oh, go ahead, John. I watched the Adams Family. I would should say I saw the Adams Family every uh, every day after school for like three years because TBS ran it during that that after school hour, and they did they ran the Monsters maybe one year, and that's when I saw the Monsters. Then they ran the Adams Family for like three or four years. So I was more of an Adams Family fan simply by exposure. And uh, mm-hmm. I, when I saw the movie, I didn't like it. 
and I never saw the sequel. I although I heard it was funny. It's great. Like Angelica Houston as Morticia. I thought she was ugly. A lot of, and, a lot of people like. She looked uh, like a trans to me. And um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Carolyn she, Jones. Carolyn Jones is way prettier. Much much. Prettier. I like. Yeah. Uh, a yeah, lot of people gorgeous. like Adam's Family mm. Values more. A lot of people prefer that one to the first one. Mm, I like the first I one more. That. I enjoy it. Yeah, I like the first one. Um, and Values I've never is seen fun. The new animated ones. It's don't no 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 don't do it. They're not good. Don't do it. No, I'll don't watch do Hotel it. Transylvania instead. Yeah, you might as well. It's pretty much yeah. the. Uh, damn near the same I thing, actually, I guess. I I actually think Hotel Transylvania is the reason um, Universal gave rob zombie money to make make the movie because hotel transylvania all that is is fucking the monsters in a way you yeah. know animated so they're like fuck it there you got sony making all this money off of r.i.p changing it just enough so you know we can't <laughs> sue them um and it's like what are we gonna do with it and rob zombie's like i'll do it and they're like okay we'll give you 50 million dollars show us your cast oh your wife um <laughs> Uh, well, we'll give you $5 million. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your cast? Uh, my wife, the guy who got fired from the Daniel Stern part in Home Alone. Yeah. <laughs> and my buddy who was in 31. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. And Lord of Salem. Hey, I've got, I managed to get Elvira. Jewish Dracula. Yeah. I managed to get Elvira. By the way, though. we need a... Yeah. By the, by the, he's like, by the way, can uh, Richard Brake get a role in here? You know, I need a guy who looks like a goat to be in this movie. Number <laughs> 31, the opening of 31 is just Richard Brake yelling curse words into the camera. I've yep. blocked out that movie. <laughs> That's like the only thing I remember is it opening with Richard Brake saying a lot of like curse words in a really loud, slow manner. I, I went through that procedure from Eternal Sunshine and the Spotless Mind for 31. <laughs> Is it what's what's Rob Zombie's worst movie? Is it thirty one? Yeah. 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 And that's saying something. That's saying something. And I will still go on, on I've record. Never I, seen Devil's Rejects, so I, 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 I did I did I still do enjoy Three from Hell. Okay, nope. I need to rewatch it. We haven't seen it. I haven't seen it for three years since it came out. Oh, but... is that is that mean we're doing a, a a review of it for another? No, 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 no. <laughs> We've already reviewed it, didn't we? Yeah, we you did it. There for that? Oh, yeah, we did it when it yeah, came we, out. Uh, yeah. yeah. Every because we always had we always had, whenever there's a new Rob Zombie movie, there's always that like days beforehand where we're texting each other going, "Oh, I don't want to do this. I don't want to watch this." <laughs> oh, every time every time it happens, Garo is you know we're like, "Oh, new Rob Zombie movies coming out. Oh boy, yep. oh boy, it's gonna be great content. It's gonna be great content. Oh, and we get to make John watch it. He's gonna be so yep. mad." Oh boy. And then like you sit down and you press play and you go, I gotta see this thing. Oh shoot. Oh, this sucks. I hope you're in pain the whole time. That's that's half the fun to see how bad it can get. Every time it's like it's like we're so excited. Oh boy. And then you just start watching it and you go, Why do I keep doing this to myself? Although I don't have the same amount of dread for the monsters as I did no, with the other films. No, I don't. I'm no. actually... Yeah. Because it's, it's a property sucks, we I'm know. Yeah. yeah. Look, uh, we're going to get to something soon, which may just save the monsters of Rob yes. Zombie's. <laughs> yes. Rob Zombie 
there is it, is, it will be very hard. I to- put in my notes it, somewhere in a corner. Rob Zombie is laughing after <laughs> like people watch this the, one. It is a comfort to know that it very likely will not be the worst monsters thing mm. that has been made. You know, all right. Um, but yeah, I think though, uh, just my last thoughts on Herman the Rookie. I do. Th- I think if you've never seen this show, this is a good one to just test out because it's funny throughout it it everything that's funny about the monsters is there it's just a great episode yep definitely agree um and with this show as well the quality of it is that you can basically jump into any one of them even the one of the last ones in series two and you'll be fine you won't have to go through all the back story of oh they're referencing this but i don't know it's just a new situation for the family and and honestly this was 73 or 74 episodes i think all up for the two seasons man there ain't a bad one in there that i can pick i don't think i've seen one i've said oh, that was that was a bit rough i think i've seen you know they're all pretty much on the same sort of level yeah it's a pretty the quality of the show i haven't seen every episode but i think it's pretty consistent as far as yeah you know. it is and it all comes down as well to the um, the camaraderie of the cast. Obviously, Al Lewis and Fred Gwynn knew each other from Car 54, so they knew each other's comedy style. Um, Yvonne DiCarlo, I've read, was not easy to get along with at times, which, you know, may be the case. Period. Probably she had a period every now and then. Probably. Yeah, like most women. Although there is that story going around that Gene Simmons... <laughs> banged her when she was much older because he wanted to say he had sex with Lily Munster, but oh my god, that's another that, yeah. of course he did. Yeah. <laughs> and we're talking around the time of like eighty four when she was in that uh, American Gothic <laughs> film, whatever it was. When she's way older. So, uh, wow. <laughs> that gene. And this know. was when it this is eighties Gene Simmons, like lick it up. Mm. You know? The uh, what they call him the uh B Arthur Gene Simmons from the Golden Girls. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It looks like. Well, in the '60s, she was probably the only Republican on the set. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't know that. Al Lewis is a commie, and Fred Gwynn was probably a Democrat or a commie or something. And you know, Mm -hmm. there could be some issues there. I don't know. Fred Gwynn was an artist, so he's probably a red. I don't like her. She probably voted for Nixon. And yeah. she, and she did. <laughs> Who uh, goes back to uh, Bowser from Shanana is a pretty big liberal. You watch him. Yeah, he's a shit. Twitter. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. But, I mean, he doesn't take away my love for Shanana, so. A Democrat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Hillary. <laughs> Vote for her. Yeah. I'm with her. She's a clean skin. Yeah. <laughs> All righty. All right. Well, anyway, given this. Yeah, I said uh, uh, very funny episode, 7 out of 10 I've given um, Herman the Rookie. Uh, you guys want to rate it at all? I'd, give it, I'd give it an 8. Give it a yep. solid 8 out of 10 for me. Can't argue with that. 7. Yep. All righty. Uh, so that was uh, season 1. Now we're going to move over to season 2. Uh, episode 12 of season 2. Original air date, December 2nd, 1965. Will success spoil Herman Munster? Probably one of the most famous episodes of theirs. 
Um, okay, I've got my notes here. Season 2 features the famous Munster's opening now with Herman crashing through the front door and the family following behind him, which, of course, our friend had to use for the teaser trailer, as we all yep. know. Yep. You know what? There's a lot of Rob Zombie talk on this, which is going to happen. Obviously, we've done, and of course, now Garrow's here, so it's, it's going to happen. But do you think Zombie tries to project his vast amount of knowledge of the monsters to others to say, I know, I know what I'm doing because I know everything about the monsters. Well, he's See, got a bunch of their stuff in his collection. Like he's got the Dragula. He's got the, like a lot of the stuff. I mean, so. that's great. You've got that sort of stuff, yeah. but that's just stuff that money acquires. I mean, anyone with money can do that. They can say the Dragula's going for half a million bucks. I'll get that money. I'll take it. Doesn't mean you know a great deal about it. You like the car because it looks great. But, you know, he's a sort of, clown who would say oh yeah you want to rag on uh, Sherry Moon because she doesn't look like uh, Devonda Cullen um, she looks like Joe Marshall you know Joe Marshall is yeah she did the unaired pilot have you seen that that's the sort of dumb shit that he would do that's yeah, the real she, monsters it's the real, real yeah true, it was never the same after Devonda Cullen came in <laughs> it's OG monsters yeah, yeah she was tainted by Gene Simmons unlike you know <laughs> yeah unlike that Joan Marshall who never did that sort of thing she just ran off to the to the Caribbean, but, married a Jamaican, lived and died there. Uh, speaking of uh, Rob Zombie, you know the one of the reasons we picked this episode was in the trailer. You see uh, Herman wearing the out the rock star the leather rock star outfit that he mm-hmm. wears in uh, in this when Lily has the dream image sequence in her head yep. of him being a rock star and with the dancing go go girls sequence, you know. Yep. Um, you know, and, uh, damn well, zombies watch this one over and over and said, oh, that yeah. image of Herman in leather. Yep. Yep. I'm I think that. he oh, even zombied band. it up a bit. Does, doesn't he have spikes on it in the the movie? I don't know. I mean, I watched that trailer once. That was it. I, I think I think he kind of gussied it. I think he kind of punked it up a little bit, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I could be imagining things. He you know. Herman is dressed again in the uh, leather suit, which we'll see next week in M- Munster Go Home when he's racing the Dragula. Oh yeah. So that may be slightly altered there, or maybe just zombie, you know, throwing his little you know spin on it Easter with the spikes. Yeah. Yep. Um. um so oh, the, on, the plot of so do you want to describe the plot of this one? This is the most rock and roll of Monsters episode. Yeah. Uh, okay, so when Eddie's friend leaves a tape recorder behind Eddie's place, Herman finds it, or Herman has shown it by Eddie, and then once Eddie is sent to bed, records his own version of the song Dry Bones. Uh, the tape recorder is then returned to Eddie's friend, whose father happens to be a disc jockey, uh, played by Gary Owens, which is very yeah, cool. Space Ghost. Space, Space Ghost. Ghost. That's what I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> And laughing as well from Ron Martin's laughing, but yeah, definitely space because where I knew his voice from. Um, okay, Eddie's friend, his father happens to be a disc jockey, stumbles across Herman's recording, and plays on the radio. The song is a big hit, even though the artist behind it is unknown. The station puts out an announcement that the voice behind the recording will be offered a five-year recording contract. Herman reveals it to be he who is behind the recording, and we soon find out uh, if success does indeed spoil Herman Munster. He sounds like a werewolf with laryngitis. Say this, yeah. <laughs> that fa- the family ripping on uh, that recording at the dinner table. It was so funny. Herman just pouring the beans into his plate and into his coffee cup. 
You know, that's a good thing that Fred Gwynn does as I throw this pop filter out of the window because I'm sick of it. His facial expressions as Herman are fantastic. He really knows physical comedy behind all the prosthetic um, that he's wearing as Herman. He also knows how to, like, do subtlety, you know? Like, it's it's like he, he, he can be subtle when it, when it needs to be, then be more cartoonish when it needs to be. It's like... You know, because I'm just thinking of because I want, you know, jumping ahead a little bit. But the guy from Monsters Today was just like the whole time. And it was like it's like he it was nowhere near the the brilliance of um, Fred Gwynn's performance. No. Yeah. Yeah. Gwen, what I like about him is he's completely unconfident, like about everything. He's he's like a nervous. He seems like a nervous wreck or. No confidence in anything he does or, or mm. anybody liking what he does. It's pretty funny to see him do it in the episodes I've watched so far. Very yeah. consistent. Yeah. And also as well that there was a thing I remember seeing an interview with um uh Kim what's her name from Planet of the Apes, who played Zira. Kim, Kim Hunter. Hunter. Kim Hunter. Yeah. She mentioned about um over accentuating the facial expressions she had to do because she had the ape makeup on, which is what uh, Fred Gwynn does so well as well when required. It's just uh, one of those things that you know, actors, I guess, would would or would not know. A good actor would know how to do that sort of thing. I, but, my favorite uh, expression Herman has is when he gets a confidence boost and he looks smug. And he kind of yeah, goes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's a type of yeah, stuff I wouldn't appreciate when I was a kid, and now I look at right. it and I'm just cracking up. You know? My favorite yeah. gag from the actual episode was just like a quick cutaway where he, I think they, they were playing the song or they were talking about – I was, was reading in the paper about how good the song was or something, and yeah. then the paper comes down and he's wearing like a beret <laughs> and sunglasses, <Yes. laughs> and it just they get a huge <laughs> laugh out of me. I thought that was hysterical. Yeah. And also about Grandpa needing help and you – know, um, Marilyn saying that grandpa needs help. Oh, might be able to schedule him next Tuesday. It's just, no, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, and and you know, I I always enjoy the physical comedy, like grandpa blowing up his lab and flying up out of the yeah, that was great. <laughs> hanging up there. I was like, gosh, this show must have been so much fun to make. And I also love one of my favorite little things they do is under the dragon under the stairs spot. Oh, <laughs> spot? Just, yeah, folks, his head out just shoots off some flames and yeah goes away <laughs> which i'd like to see if zombie does that with his one i'm sure he will yeah yeah well you know and hopefully spot doesn't also get an origin story like another monsters thing oh boy you know <laughs> yeah please don't uh give us a lily backstory please don't give us a you know a Marilyn backstory or a, you know the conception of eddie backstory we don't need it the Sam Dracula Stuart, backstory. It's going to happen. You might as well accept it. You know, don't give us a four-part comic set of uh, Herman's creation in the lab in Germany. We don't care. It's just, oh yeah. Please don't. You know, it was bad enough the backstory we got on Michael Myers for an hour in Halloween. It's just ridiculous. The white trash. Well, and, and that's that's the part of the movie that you can tell that he was into because when you get to the part where he's remaking Halloween, it's just like okay, he lost interest. Scene, yeah, scene. it just it it feels like he's checking boxes. Yep, exactly. When he managed to put his 
um, his ideas into something that John Carpenter had not done is yeah is when he's the most excited about it and most enthusiastic. But when he's remaking Carpenter stuff, it's basically yeah okay, let's just finish this off. Yeah. So yeah, I agree. Uh, the whole reason got- he made that movie was so he could have little Michael Myers wearing the big oversized William Shatner mask, you know, that, which that I the- thought was a good look. I've still said whole, I thought that was a that great. Was the scene. whole reason he made that movie was just so he could do that scene. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, and so know. he could put uh, Kiss on the soundtrack. Yeah, and Nazareth and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God help us. But, um, okay. Hey, 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 you know when I do the the Halloween theme, you know what if I uh, what if the piano was like out of tune? What do you think of that? That'd be creepy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, tune it up. <laughs> Just tune it up. Alrighty, so notes I've got here. One of the more f- famous and well-loved Monsters episodes, this one is. Uh, Bit Papa Gary Owens, the disc jockey. The recording of Dry Bones was actually sung by Fred Gwynn, which, not surprising, it's his voice, yeah. 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 Yeah, that, uh, that yeah. Damn. Yeah. It wouldn't well, have made sense to pull a Millie Vanilli on that one. <laughs> no. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> they get Elvis to, to dub him over. Yeah, or the guy who um, Duke Mitchell, who later made like oh Mask of Mafia Mafia style, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the singing voice for Fred Flintstone when he did that Rocking Bird song on the. Oh wow, that's him, is it? Yeah, Duke Mitchell was a guy you brought in to do that type of work. I had no idea. Okay, nice. Um, I also really enjoyed the firing of Grandpa's nothing muffin via the cannon into Herdman's mouth. Oh yeah, that was nuts. When when I saw that, I had to rewind it and watch it again because I was like, "Wait, did that? Did I just see that? Did they just fire a cannonball into Herman's mouth?" Yeah, <laughs> like that was so random. I loved it. Yeah, they shot and, it backwards, by the way. Oh, yeah. was that the hell was yeah. done? You could see the wire that. Yeah. That, like it gets yanked from his mouth and you shoot it backwards so it looks like it goes into his mouth. That's, that's oh. how you do that trick. I yeah, thought it was just a quick edit. Going, huh? And there's a big <laughs> string coming out. But on yeah. your TV back in the 60s, you probably couldn't see it. No, not no, on no, no. TV. No, not God, no. no. There's a question. Would this show um, suffer or um, benefit from a high-definition transfer? I think it's shot really well. Um, you know, you'd see little creep. You'd see the creases. I think a little bit. I think it looks fine on DVD. Mm. But it is a nice looking show. Like it's a well shot show. Like I love Lucy, or um, gosh, what's another well shot black and white sitcom? Dick Van Dyke looks good. You know, like you know some of those black and white shows. They look good. You know, Adam's Family. Looks good. Adam's family. Ozzy and Harriet. Anything like that. It's gonna look pretty Twilight good. Zone. Dolby mm. Gillis. Yep. Yeah, Dolby Gillis, yeah. That's right. Uh, and um Gentle Ben. No. My favorite Martian. <laughs> my that is a show I absolutely love my favorite Martian. Boy, is that one forgotten. I tell you, it's very very, very funny as well. But just the, uh, the movie version in the nineties probably killed it. Oh killed any nostalgia yeah. for it. Yeah, yeah. For but, the nineties, yeah, it, it seems there was just a ton of like remakes of fifties and sixties show that just yes. sucked. Because remember, there we was got, also a we, Car Fifty Four. Where are you? That was ooh, yeah, a remake too. There, yeah. there was a glut of those. You know, we got a Dragnet movie. We got a yep, uh, which was brilliant. we got a um, mm. uh, what's what's it called? Um, 
we got a uh, uh, Leave It to Beaver movie. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it was Richie Rascals. Rich. Little Rascals. Yeah, yeah I always Rascals. forget. Little Rascals. Little Rascals. We, yeah. we, got a, we got a Beverly Hills. Dennis the Menace. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. Dennis the Menace. Yeah. yeah. Um, which was written by John Hughes, of all people. Um, mm. And it was basically just Home Alone, but with Dennis the Menace. Right. Yep. But, um, yeah, that's about it for this episode. I, I thought yep. the the final effect of the nothing muffin on on Herman was hysterical with his voice <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> becoming high pitched and ruining his voice. And then obviously the last bit with the uh family sitting around talking to Herman while he's feeding them the uh nothing muffins and they're unaware of what <laughs> what he's feeding them. But um yeah, I put here loved it, nine out of ten. Um thought it was hysterical. Seen it quite a few times, but has been a number of years since I last saw it. Actually been quite a few a bit of Probably about three years since I saw any Munsters episodes. Because when I watch them, I like to really binge watch them at least six, seven in a row. It's not hard to do at all. Very easy. But um, you guys got any ratings for this one? Nine. Yeah, I'll give it a eight. Okay. Yep. John, nine, you said? Mm-hmm. Yes, Gara? from me. Eight. Eight from you? Okay, yeah. yeah still eight. pretty damn high. All right, I feel the uh, eight and nines are pretty much gone as of now. Yeah, <laughs> actually, can I? Can yeah. I? Yeah, I was doing some research on uh, Munsters, and do you know why Munsters was canceled? No, it was killed in the ratings by Batman. Makes sense. Uh, Makes sense. Yeah. Right, right, right. And. The, when when uh, the movie we're doing next week, uh, Munster Go Home, mm-hmm. came out in 66. It was kind of a bomb. And you know what movie did better than it? Batman the movie. Batman the movie, yeah. Boy, I tell you what, they can't get away from that damn Batman, can they? Nope. It's like all the monster kids lost interest and started getting into superheroes or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it doesn't. that would never happen nowadays. <laughs> are you trying to tell me that marvel movies are more successful than the dark universe universals yeah yeah Yeah. actually the uh, uh, they're not as successful as the top gunniverse right now no no kidding yeah Yeah. the tom 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 cruise genre Mm -hmm. the you can't cuck the cruise i guess i don't know nope nope (laughs) Um, Can't cut just... the cruise in the hub. Yeah, hubbard that is. Yeah. 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 Anyway, um... Cru- the cruise Miscavige Alliance. <laughs> <laughs> the five foot David Miscavige walking around, making sure he doesn't get dragged it, away from hey, Scientology. Yeah. And, and in manlets, some unrelated manlets news, will reign supreme. You know. In, mm-hmm. in uh, unrelated news, Kevin Feige just joined Scientology. Ah. Who the hell joins it these days? Everyone's leaving it. No, he's he just joining because join. he's like, no, I'm just saying that because it's like <laughs> after the, the huge success of oh, like, right, uh, right. Top Gun. Yeah, like, right. That mojo. Yeah, yeah, maybe that'll be better than space communism like he's pushing in yeah. Uh, Marvel. Yep. Yeah. Believe me, I'd rather have people be frigging uh, Scientologists and liberals. I'm telling you, it'd be a much better world. <laughs> <laughs> Scientology... Is a way less religion than liberalism. Way less. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> now tell me how close um, to Clearwater are you, Garrow? Oh, I'm very close. I'm about 
30 minutes away. Oh, boy. From That's a bit too yeah. close. Yeah, we... You going to make a pilgrimage? <laughs> <I> <laughs> make do. a pilgrimage? Got... <laughs> Hold on. Um, I got to go finish reading Dianetics. I'll be right back. Yeah. <laughs> you got an... So we have to let Garrow go. He's got an audit session, so. Yeah, I do. Yeah, um... Got to read all 10 volumes of Mission Earth. Yeah. You know? Which I, gotta... I... When I was listening to I... Leah Remini's audio book, or, you know, her, her book, um, Troublemaker, she was saying that they would make parishioners or Scientologists rebuy the entire volume series of Dianetics because they went back in one book and changed one word and they'd have to dump the whole that they got and go back. Um, Hello. And it's it's still cheaper than the inflation we're going through right now. I'd rather buy (laughs) the Dianetic book then have to deal with the inflation. I would be saving money. <laughs> that was pretty good. Good job. True as oh well. All right. All right. Let's move away from the um from the Scientologist for a moment. Okay. Uh so now we're gonna go, we're gonna leave the monsters. Um just I, I didn't bother checking up. Was the monsters I know they started on the same day or the same week as the Adams Family on TV, right? Yep. Yep. Were they cancelled at the same time? Or close to? Probably. Yeah. Because they both ran two seasons. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's all you needed for syndication back then. That's what really dictated that. That was enough to have daily airings on a local station. So that's all you needed was two seasons. Well, Car 54, where are you, was two seasons only as well. And you know that show still man, that show still holds up as very funny. Oh, it was well alive. nowadays you need a show to be I think a hundred seasons for syndication or five seasons. Yeah, it's around so. it's around a hundred episodes. Hundred episodes to be syndicated. Yeah, yeah. that's to get uh, uh, royalties from it or residuals, I should say. Right. Yeah. Which that's a that's asking a lot. A hundred episodes. It's but it's it basically is. killing out of possibility by saying ain't gonna happen. But then again, we get shows like Hawaii Five O, the remake, which got eight seasons, which is insane. Yeah. I mean, I didn't mind it; it was okay. It wasn't something that sat down to say, "I oh, watch Hawaii Five O, the reboot." But um, yeah, it was okay. Didn't mind it, but it was uh, aimed for TV, so it did it did like a certain amount of ratings they needed, so they kept it on for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, now we go to the monsters today. The reboot, the reimagining, whatever you want to call it, from 1988. Uh, show ran three seasons, mind you. Even though the original ran only two. I can't believe that, that this ran. When I was looking this up, I was going, oh, how, how long did this run? It must have been like a season, like, sure. Three, 72 episodes. Yeah, I think around pretty much the same amount of episodes which the yeah. original Munsters ran, but that was yep. two seasons. Um, but yeah, so this show got as many episodes and more seasons, if you will, as the original. Um, we're going to be looking at uh, season one, episode one, the original, you know, the first aired one, Vampire Pie. And I've just ripped this synopsis from Wikipedia. Um, okay, original air date was October 8th, 1988. Um, Herman decides to enter a baking contest using an old family recipe. Um, yeah. Guys, really? 
Okay. Can I give you some pros what I've given here? Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. Because I haven't bothered with anything else, just pros and cons. Uh, pros thought Lee Merriweather was great as a Lee. I really like Lee Merriweather. I think she's yeah, great. Yeah, she was the best part of the yeah. episode. Yep. Uh, enjoyed was, Howard I, I was. I didn't have any problems with her as Lily Monster. No, I think. She was good. Beyond, beyond, uh, behind uh, Yvonne DiCarlo, she's the best one. Um, better than Porsche, man. That's for damn sure. Yeah. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Fucking embarrassment oh. to Victoria. Next to Dan Andrews. Um, okay, pros thought Lee Merriweather was great as Lily. Enjoyed Howard Morton as Grandpa and Hilary Van Tyke as Marilyn was fine. You know, for 1988, she was the cute, you know, 80s, late 80s girl that I, as a 17-year-old, would have uh, chased. Um, Humour wasn't great, but the late 80s feel to it was very cool to see that that look from that time. Uh, no, more nice to see a girl, Marilyn, actually chasing a boy. Uh, would never happen if a new Monsters series happened these days. It'd be the other way around. And then uh, basically getting told to go to hell. Um, and actually like the set production, thought the house looked great. Um, anybody else want to expand on any pros? I loved the, the lyrics to the... the um Monsters theme. Uh, no, you uh, don't, because smart ass. That's actually I got in my cons. Did not need new lyrics. <laughs> Added to the theme music, especially the ones in this show. They were juvenile and flat out awful. So, can I get a pro that's actually real, Garrow? <laughs> yeah, I mean, but- I would say, I would say, like the best thing was like you say, Lee Merriweather. I thought the I because I got to go right to cons. I thought the laugh track on this was one of the most obnoxious laugh tracks oh boy. I've ever heard on a TV show. <laughs> okay. I've gotten here. What the F did they give the audience when they taped this episode? During the cooking section, there were people laughing so hard at something that was dull and very unfunny. Yep. Yeah. Yep. There was one woman in there who was oh, who must have been drunk or high and just was just laughing at just Herman breaking eggs with a hammer, which I yeah. thought was just... Okay, yeah. You know, was just pressing the laugh track machine. That's the none of that. There was that film before a live audience. No, I didn't think so. No, it's too many you editing know. tricks. You can't. You can't do that in front of an audience. Yeah. Um. And and uh, one thing about like I think the premise of Herman going on a cooking show is a great monsters premise. Yeah, I agree. Um, but John Shuck is no. Uh, Fred Gwynn, yeah. unfortunately. I've got here, John John Shuck was terrible as Herman, looked cheap, yep. and has his line delivery was awful. Yeah, he's just, he's no Fred Gwynn, and that's what really, like, I didn't I didn't hate this show. When it started up and I heard the theme song, I was like, oh, this is going to suck. <laughs> um, but I, I didn't hate it. No. Uh, like, it seemed to get the monsters enough. It's just the cast isn't quite there. Also, uh, Jason Marsden, who as Eddie Munster, is a very like this is '88, so this is before Home Alone. Mm-hmm. But already you're seeing the smart alecky kid. Yeah, you know, like Eddie was more of a kind of leave it to Beaver type kid in the show. Yeah, which Patrick, uh, this Eddie is the talk back smarmy kid and the Bud that, Bundy. That's very yeah, yes, like what? exactly the Bud Bundy. Yeah. Yep. And, and, and the children were already a big show, time. so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and if you notice, the woman who was running the cooking show gave off a very um, 
uh, what's her name? Amanda Burse feel to her. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Um, this, that seemed to be a trope of the shows of the eighties. I mean, John and I would know it. We would have been teenagers at the time. Um, so we saw the obnoxious kid, the sort of rise of the obnoxious kids in the household. And they were the sort of the ones running the house and they got even worse towards the early nineties. Oh, in the nineties is when it was awful. Like, you know, Bart Simpson, you know, like the, the, uh, but I think I think Home Alone was a huge influence on that. Yeah, what's that one guy um, who does the Disney show? Does Disney shows and sort of got me too a bit. What was his name? Dan John Schneider. Schneider? No, that's Nickelodeon. Dan, Dan that's Schneider. Nickelodeon. Sorry, Nickelodeon. Yeah, yeah, Nickelodeon. If you watch his shows, man, it is just oh, one obnoxious kid after like a four year old oh, yeah. just being. I told you I wanted cookies. It just I thought, what the hell universe is this guy living in? But yeah, I, don't, I mean, smart ass fantasy world, basically. Yeah, where oh, kids dad run the punch world. Your lights out for being a smart aleck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, the Eddie in this I've got here uh, didn't care for Jason Marsden as Eddie. However, he was only a kid and was given barely anything to do. So He's had a huge too harsh career. By the way, that guy's that guy's had a very big career. Yeah, I, was, I saw his um voices. his IMDb. He's a pretty Pretty working actor, you know. Pretty, yeah, not like pretty, but pretty decent working for, actor. Yeah, he's doing he was all right. Hocus Pocus. Um, yep, that's where a lot of people will know him from. Yeah, uh, I've also got here in cons. Didn't like the boyfriend in the show, too wimpy looking. But again, it was a late eighties. It was a dawn of the uh, sensitive new age guy era. Mm. So I'm sure that was being written into the show as the uh, oh, uh, when are they gonna let me kiss you? So, oh. And, and you know, Hillary Van Dyke as Marilyn was perfectly fine, but her character wasn't realised. She seemed a bit like that, uh, that uh, sort of flirtatious uh, eighty late eighties girl. 80s. She's got the teased out hair. The mm. 80s it's like a valley hair. girl. Yeah. 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 Interestingly, she did not work after this. She no, I, yeah, I looked her up as well, and she was basically smattering of one thing here, one thing there. But be, yeah, must have got disillusioned, or just didn't get any sort of callbacks or for sometimes things. People are just like they're just they're just done. You know, I did a show. You know, mm-hmm. I made some money. Time to go do something else. Acting sucks. I hate the pacing of TV shows. <laughs> you know, I hate yeah. being being uh, I hate being molested by producers. You know, stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> gets tiresome. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, sure. The other the. The other thing is the grand guy who played grandpa yeah. is, you know, because he it, Al Lewis played grandpa is more of a like, um, you know, Catskills Jew, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, yes. Where, very where, much so. Whereas, where is this guy played him more as a kvetching Jew? He was like the kvetcha, you know? And uh, I think the reason he decided to play it that way was because Herman was so fucking cartoonish. He had to play it low key. You know, so he yeah. had no other choice. Mm. You know, because he, he, there was nothing you could do against him. Yeah, no. the yeah, John Shuck is swinging from the rafters in this. There's mm. none of that subtlety. It's very like uh, broad humor, and um, I mean, obviously, it was successful, and that works with some people, but it just doesn't. When you're familiar with. It just doesn't. It doesn't work, especially when you compare him to Fred Wynn. It's just no. The 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 comic abilities are night and day. 
And I've got my notes here as well. I just kept looking at John Shuck like I'm looking at Bill Hicks in a Frankenstein makeup. And it was just <laughs> putting me off. Uh, but um it was yeah. it, it was it was a total miscasting on Herman. That's that I think was the worst part of the show. That and the laugh track. Those two were yeah. terrible. Um final notes I got. Overall it was fun. I did enjoy it. Not laugh out loud, but I would certainly watch more episodes of this. And I hope one day it gets a DVD release, as I would certainly buy it to put it on the shelf next to the other ones that I have. Um, I would I would like to watch some episodes from later in the series to see if it... How more realized better. it is, yeah. Yeah. Because it lasted well, on three archive. seasons. Somebody was watching this thing, you know? <laughs> I was the one watching it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did was, see it. There was a boom in uh, syndicated TV at the time because I think it was before they passed the law for infomercials so where local stations could just air infomercials all night. So there were a ton of syndicated shows around 88, 87, like Superboy and uh, the one with Jerry O'Connell, My Secret Identity. And there mm. was a ton of shows like that. And syndication, the syndication market was really booming. And I'm sure this this benefited from that. And Plus, you had little kids who had probably never seen the Munsters, and this probably aired on, I'm guessing, what, Garrow, Sunday mornings or it Saturday would, Yeah, mornings it, it's exactly, it was like Saturday and Sunday mornings, and I think around 9 o'clock a.m. they would run back-to-back episodes, because I would watch them while I was getting ready to, to, to go to work. So yeah. it was like early 90s on like the UHF station, 30A, and, and, yeah. and that's how I would watch them. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Because yeah. there was nothing else on. There was nothing right. else on. That was the only thing that was kind of like something you could half watch and and do stuff with. So why do we not yeah, have a DVD release? Yeah, local stations were damaged by the infomercial thing because then watching local TV was boring as hell on Sunday mornings because it was uh, Windsor Pilates, then it was an hour of midgets selling real estate, and then <laughs> you know, it was just it was terrible. And then there was some Danny Bonaducci hosting three hours in a row of different products. It was terrible. It's mm. like. They finally, we've seen in the last few years, we've had me TV and uh, retro TV or whatever, these different stations showing old TV shows and uh, they're very popular. And it's like programmers realize, oh, people will watch TV shows again, not just 24 hours of infomercials. But that that law that I think was passed by Reagan or, or whoever uh, really, really hurt television as a medium, like in more ways than people realize. So why do we not have this on DVD? Not even digitally, I wonder. Yeah, it's There's not no even available interest. on streaming. No. It's not, it was. It's it not... was at one point. It was oh, on it's... NBC.com and US, the USA Channel.com. It was on there for a while, oh. uh, but not not anymore. Because um, uh, But I, I honestly, I, I just don't think there was a market for it. I think, you know, I think when the show was on, um, there must have been some enough, like, hunger for monsters stuff that the show did well but i don't i think when people remember the monsters they remember the original show and not this mm. how they made reference to friday the 13th and yes like yes. horror of the time and i think that really hurt it too because it just shows yeah. you how out of step it was stylistically with the 80s anyway or yeah you know, i remember thinking a friday the 13th reference seemed inappropriate uh yeah. not, be, not like not like inappropriate is like oh that's gory horror but just it doesn't seem right it doesn't fit the material you know yeah. and, and and also you got to understand it's like how many of those like syndicated 
80 sitcoms ever got a DVD release, like Small Wonder and shit like that. You've never mm -hmm. seen any of those get a DVD release. So mm -hmm. that's why I just don't think that stuff was looked at as like people are going to buy it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. even stuff like Charles in Charge, which ran five seasons, got the first three on DVD. Then I think four and five got a very, very, very small window of release on disc format. Then they just dumped it all on digital and said, "Only oh, just buy it digitally." So, yeah, there seemed to be a lot of um, neglect on those late eighty shows. Yeah, you're right, boys. There's not a great deal out there. Nope. And it's not like it's a music rights issue. It's all owned by Universal. It's released by Universal. Does the zombie film, if it's popular, which I will severely doubt, does a company at this? Does Universal say? Okay, well, we've got these ones out, the old one. What about if we put Monsters Today out? At a budget line price, we put all three seasons in a, a big clamshell thing of, you know, 12 discs, whatever. Or it's at possible best, a group. No, at best, you'll see it hit Peacock. That's the best you'll see. I think, I uh, think. that's probably the case, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I don't know. And one, another thing about this show is that, you know, the originals, the original monsters is very aesthetic, and I think the show is kind of ugly to look at. Just the like, yeah, the, like yeah. that first episode, it just doesn't quite work in color. It feels like I, I feel like I'm watching something shot before a live studio audience or something. Like the steps are kind of shaking, you know. Just well, I like mean, you that. also you also got to look at it this way, like like the monsters from the '60s was kind of like a reflection of 60 sitcoms, you know, through the Mus uh, Munsters, not Muslims, Munsters <laughs> prism. Um, <laughs> and Munsters today is like through the late 80s sitcoms through the Munsters prism. So if you think 60 sitcoms better than like late 80s sitcoms, of course, it's going to, the original yeah. Munsters is going to be way better because, you know, it was higher Makes quality. Sense. Yeah. There is an unaired pilot for this one as well, which runs about 15 minutes, where I didn't watch all of it because I was really strapped for time. But they do actually start in black and white in 1966. This cast, mm -hmm. and they all go down to gra the grandpa's lab, and he's got coffins for them, which, like I said, I didn't watch all of it, but I'm guessing they transported somehow to 1988. Uh, so they're the monsters today, and they're in color, but... Um, which yeah, they so, explained perfectly in the theme song that was so beautifully written. <laughs> uh, you know, that was all explained. It was great. Yeah, it was. The mm. exposition theme song. <laughs> yes. <laughs> which was actually that. sung, that, which but, it was sung by mm. the Herman Munster, the, the one who plays him, John, whatever. John Shuck, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was sung by him, and he's got a beautiful voice. Yeah, shit stirring, Garrow. Because <laughs> <laughs> when I was watching, I thought, oh, cool, the Thun Monsters theme. I thought, where are the monsters? I thought, what the fuck is this shit? Can you, can you, <laughs> on, 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 at the end of the episode, can you play that, whoever's editing this? Like, that's the trail out. <laughs> yeah, if you want. Just so everyone can hear it. Just so everyone yeah, can all right, all right. I'll pop it. Like, is it going to kick off the Nez? Cool. He's going to have that as his intro. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> We're the disenfranchised Brit. We're the disenfranchised Brit. <laughs> oh, no, no offense, Anthony, but yeah, just saying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he'll probably he'll probably liken the monsters to what's going on in Parliament in the UK at the moment, anyway. So, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I'll stick it on the audio version because you know YouTube and yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, crap. So, um, yep. If anyone's got no more thoughts about the monsters today, I gave it a five out of ten. I still do enjoy. It. I, I did enjoy it. I, um, you can watch these. Some of them are on YouTube, but you want to go to archive.org. The entire three seasons are there to download. So, um, yeah. Until Universal That's a hunter spending his next two weeks. Busy <laughs> <laughs> hunter. Yeah. Don't think so. Changing diapers and downloading monsters today. Yeah, monsters hey. today playing in the background, changing diapers. Hey, when you're when you're hanging out with a with a little baby, uh, monsters is you could do a lot worse than the original monsters. You know. Mm-hmm. I just want to wait wait till the end of September and Hunter's like, you know, when we're reviewing Rob Zombie's thing, he's like, you know what, guys. Monsters today might be better than the. He may just monster. say that. <laughs> <laughs> he may just say that, but um. Oh, I thought I thought you kill, killed your camera to go download Monsters today. All right, you're back. yeah, actually, <laughs> I was I was rushing. I was going, you know, but then I decided I would need the bandwidth to do the show. So you're going to use the old <laughs> J downloader to get them off uh, archive. All right, enough of that. Uh, you guys going to rate the episode at all? I give it a five. I think it was averagely average. Yep. Four. Three. Four. Ooh. Three. Oof. If that got a three, wait till you see this one. You ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> All right. Now we come to the I last one. I already give you my, my rating for this one. Oh, <laughs> the YouTube audience just got that. <laughs> Mockingbird Lane. One we were not going to cover yeah. until Garrow actually said, you know what, we should we should do this one and sort of stick you know, it is it is class in the pantheon of monster stuff but uh that is up for debate all right one episode a pilot and thank god never got picked up after that even the even the people when i want to read up on it later on the people who the execs at um universal said yeah this was not ever going to work and we made a mistake with it so at least they uh they're honest that way okay the pilot. Original air date, October 26, 2012. I can't believe I've never heard of this until... Now. I did when it came out, but I just never bothered with it at all. I saw it when it came out, too. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah. I never saw it, but I, I did hear of it, obviously. Synopsis of some sort of this convoluted hellhole of a mess of 40 minutes. The monsters oh. move into their new home of 1313 Mockingbird Lane. Herman is dying. His heart needs replacing as he loves too hard. Um, his son, Eddie, is a werewolf, but is unaware that he is. The murders of his scout troop friends he believes were committed by a bear. Grandpa is in search of new blood. They were Marilyn actually committed wonders. by Brian Singer. And Marilyn <laughs> wonders why she is different to the others. All right. <sighs> okay. Can I... Can- can I tell you the experience I had watching this? First off, when a Brian Singer movie opens with a Boy Scout meeting, I get very concerned. Mm-hmm. Yep. Worries me. Okay. I knew this was a Munsters thing. But when, and I saw Jerry O'Connell was playing Herman Munster. When you first see him and his silhouette looks like Herman, and then he steps into the light and he's Jerry O'Connell with a scar on his mm-hmm. neck. I I wanted to throw my monitor across the room. I was like, yeah. I, w- I was going, what are they doing? 
what's happening? Is this Ken Russell's monsters? What is this? <laughs> just oh. Go on, Garrett. I know what you want to say. This was a pedophile dream come true. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> and like, and it feels like okay, that. Okay. I'm thinking and it. I know what you're going to say about the start of Eddie in the Bushes. It's like literally Brian Singer was directing with a boner. You know, it was, it, it was, and, and like I said, and, and if you want to know how this goes, okay, the, it's like, I feel bad for Jerry O'Connell because Jerry O'Connell always seemed like a good guy, but he mm. has to have, play a character where his heart skips a beat for Lily, but his heart breaks for Eddie. Or mm. is Eddie, Eddie Munster, yeah. And it's just like, oh, you're a pedophile. Oh, yes, Herman. We, oh, hey, wait, wait. <laughs> you didn't know? you guys? You guys are missing the big picture. Eddie is in the bushes after the wheel for tax, and it's a ten-year-old boy or thereabouts with no yeah, top on. Yeah, yeah, basically naked. Yeah, yeah. That's why Brian Singer had a boner. <laughs> Well, and, and one thing, too, I knew something was wrong because at first, you know, that okay, there's werewolf attack, whatever. But then when you see Eddie and he just looks like a normal kid, I went, wait a second. I went, what's going on here? Uh, no, no, no. Something's wrong. And then when I saw Herman, I was, it was betrayal. And, uh, you know. I, I can see the fire coming out of John's ears. <laughs> And then you have Portia de Rossi as Lily Munster. Portia, yeah. Who's a lesbian? Terrible. Portia, yep. Portia, is that her Who's name? Who's a lesbian? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. John, John, I can tell you want to say something about her. The, no, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get us kicked off YouTube. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, is there any, is there any, is there any, like, like you know that you're, you're, you hired a lesbian to play Lily that's written by two gay guys. So, I mean, the movie's written by a gay guy. The mm. show the show's written by a gay guy, directed by a gay guy. And it's got the most pedophilia. Like, I've never seen a, an Eddie Munster-centric anything. Like, it's all about Eddie, this whole thing. Mm. All about Eddie. And, and all about, like, him going through puberty. They keep talking about yes. his puberty. His puberty. Oh, you know, like, it's horrible. He's gonna go through puberty, because that's when the boys become less attractive. You know? It's, it's <laughs> just, like... It is, it, is, it is the creepiest fucking pilot ever. And listen, yeah. listen, listen, listen. I'm not saying that every gay guy is a pedophile. I'm not saying that. You might be saying that. But Stuart once said to me, he said, you know, not all black people love rap music. But a lot of them do. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> oh, boy. But You know what I really, I really hated about this movie? Eddie Izzard. Yeah, oh, the Brian Singer stuff. We we he's have one of those guys. I'm constantly told he's funny. No evidence of it. Pat no, Oswalt. He's, he's like not. Pat Oswalt. Another. They never said anything funny to me. No. He's and you like know what? Pat Oswalt. Where? Where? When was? Go ahead. Gara. He seemed to be doing an Anthony Hopkins impression. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I thought the same yeah, thing. No, he, yeah. Um, and 
you know, they kind of he kind of plays grandpa as like this villain, but there's no real payoff or anything like, oh, you got these cookies and they make people die. His, no, his slaves. They make them his slaves. Slaves or mm. something. It just yeah. but it it just doesn't really go anywhere. And um, you know, I just like like John said, I I don't think he's amusing at all. Uh you know, they go in such a they go in such a different direction with everything that it it doesn't really resemble the monsters anymore. Aside from like the house, it's maybe. in name only. It's all it is. Yep. And um, there's nothing really here for anybody who likes the monsters because it doesn't have the stuff that's funny about the monsters, which is them interacting with the square world and shenanigans ensues. It's just like it's all about like. Oh, Eddie's going through puberty and my heart doesn't work and mm. I need my my original parts and um just real quick when I saw uh Portia de Rossi as Lily kissing Jerry O'Connell Herman I said to myself that woman has never kissed a man in her life she doesn't know what she's doing absolutely she kisses like a 15 year old girl would do in high school for her first time you have no idea yeah, pork. You talk about the monsters today with bad casting, mostly. This one was just off the charts bad. Yeah, and, you know, if I after seeing this, I was like, well, Rob Zombie, there's no way he can make the worst monsters thing no. right now. No, no. Like, no way. Like, he's already just, you know, even as bad as that movie looks visually, like, it mm. has that television set look thing. But it doesn't. It 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 already is better looking than this. Well, it already look at the has eff- a better visual sense than this. It does because you look at the effects of the special effects of the rats, which you know all swirl up and become grandpa. It looks cheap as shit. Yeah, it looks oh, awful. Yeah, the, the special effects are all they went cheap on them. Birdemic like, um, <laughs> terrible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but. This movie also, it's, I think it's the biggest crime is I don't think I laughed once. No. I didn't crack a smile. No. There's no jokes in it anywhere. Uh, and it's trying to be kind of cute and clever. And like, I think the closest thing I could compare it to, like in tone, would be like like Tim Burton's Dark Shadows or something. Mm. And yeah, it made Dog Tim Burton's Dark Shadows look good. Which is yeah, hard. Yes, <laughs> it did. I'm not saying that this is that that's as bad as this, but it kind of it's trying to get humor out of being quirky rather than making jokes. Like, oh, look at how weird they are! Isn't that that's just funny in of itself? You know. And the thing is, outside, well, I don't care. Outside of Kevin Spacey, I don't know who <laughs> this was made for. Nambla. <laughs> You're right. I'm Nambler surprised John. he wasn't in it. <laughs> I know. Rumors. I'm surprised he didn't find a way to be like their realtor or something. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I felt in danger for the kid playing Eddie Munster the entire time, and it wasn't because of what was on screen. It was what I was imagining that was happening behind the scenes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You know. Yeah. yeah. No, it definitely. This is one of those movies that the red flag emojis come up when you watch it. <laughs> Yeah. Um. Okay. So in my notes, I got here. Wow, where to start? This is bad. I mean, bad. Red flags are set off immediately when a topless near naked is hiding in the bushes. 
after the slaughter of the Boy Scout troop, which that werewolf scene was actually pretty good. I thought, okay, this is they're trying something different. Um, yeah. Yeah, okay, we've got a bunch of Boy Scouts. All right. Then we see Brian Singer's name. Oh, okay. Okay, we got problems. Um, but yeah, this is a Monsters episode in name only. I understand they're trying something different, but it was so far left field that it simply doesn't even remotely feel like anything Monsters related. Uh, Jerry O'Connell, deadpan. Portia de Rossi, worst Lily ever, without a doubt. Yeah. Uh, Eddie Izzard uh, was a cast choice, casting choice disaster. Uh, the woman who played Marilyn was a non-entity. And you know what? This woman was yeah. 31 when she played Marilyn. <laughs> and they also played her like dark. Like she was an accomplice to ever all the evilness that the Munsters were doing, which was felt weird. Like a, yeah. she- she felt like another Tim Burton character, like kind of the strange girl that's like, oh, you know, things happen here. Oh, My uncle and aunt would love this place. She's not the the square world presenting person in the house. She, she's she's not the like oddball. oddball. Yeah, she's yeah. not the oddball yeah. of, the, of the monster family. Yeah. She blends in. I mean, it really, you've got a very, very unattractive looking Lily. Portia the Rossi, and you got a Herman who's a good-looking guy, you know, for all intents and purposes, which is not meant to be the case. He's meant to look like Frankenstein, who looks like he's meant to be sewn together. As Hunter said, it's just Jerry O'Connell with a scar around his neck. That is yeah. it. And he's got, like, you know, with his shirt off, he's got all these little zippers and things, but it felt like uh, if you got somebody who's not funny and takes themselves way too seriously, like David Cronenberg's The Monsters or something, mm-hmm. you know. I had no idea this was Brian Singer. I had no idea at all until I saw the credit. But um, and, that's one of the Brian reasons I wanted Singer to do ever it. Done, <laughs> he's never done comedy, right? Like he's not a it, like the closest thing would be like the pilot of House, maybe. Yeah, um, probably. I don't. Yeah, none of his stuff. Yeah, I don't think he's ever done a comedy. No. Anyone knows that John's guy. incredibly quiet. Not John, that's because John knows he's, he's going to get his kicked off YouTube. <laughs> yeah, I'm all back. This is the disadvantage of YouTube for our medium. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but he, John looks like he's about to blow up. Yeah, he looks like, very. He looks very angry. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn into Frederick Forrest and uh, falling down. <laughs> <laughs> Just say the word I mean, bag. Just say was bag. Was Victor Salvo going to direct more episodes or something? Or? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> You know what's Coppola's funny? I gotta ask throw some money in it for his pal Victor. Who Coppola? Yeah. I, I got a question to ask. Like we getting back to, to to Brian Singer, and we were talking about Tom Cruise a while. You know, Brian Singer directed a Tom Cruise movie called Valkyrie. Now, yeah. you as we yes. know, we've heard all about like with Tom Cruise. What um, not Tom Cruise? What what Brian Singer does? He's like you know total no shows on set, you know, and is like hardly ever there. Um, and you know how he's Tom hammered Cruise all the time. Yeah, he's, you know, but Tom Cruise is one of those guys who's like, no, we're here, we're making the movie, we got to put all our effort into it, blah, 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 you know, and it's and it's like, I honestly don't think Brian Singer directed Valkyrie. You think it I was Shadow directed? I, I think it was Christopher, Christopher McGuire who, who directed Valkyrie, because if you think about it, like Tom. Tom, Tom Cruise, usually when he works with someone he likes, he does multiple movies with them. And he started working with Christopher McGuire on Valkyrie because he wrote Valkyrie. Okay. And then all of a sudden, yeah. he's more directing Mission Impossible movies and directing and all Reacher. of them now. 
and Jack Reacher. And, and I think probably Brian Singer came in, pulled his bullshit, and they were just like, and Tom Cruise was like, get that guy off the set. And then I think they probably brought in Christopher McGuire to come in and ghost direct it. Um, I'm, I'm just, because uh, I thought it would be a good, uh, what do you guys think? <laughs> He's the Rick Rubin of um, film. Yeah. <laughs> Takes the credit well, for stuff he doesn't do. Yeah, you know, I've always thought Singer was ridiculously overrated and probably got way too much juice out of um, usual, usual suspects. suspects. Yeah. Uh, and uh, like you were saying, Maguire is uh, probably the real talent behind that movie. Um, but uh, we found out with Bohemian Rhapsody how bad Brian Singer's drinking is, uh, how bad oh, really? his appetites are with, oh, yeah. I didn't know about that. Oh, boys. oh he, yeah. he's the kind of guy who disappears on at booze benders and uh, screams at his assistants and throws bottles at them. There was a big piece Jesus. about him like last year about uh hit one of his assistants basically just spilled all the beans about him and mm. i think that i think it got so bad on bohemian rhapsody that i i'll be surprised it'll be a while before he works again if at all you reckon um he'll be spicy yeah 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 i think it's it's that bad like and the stories about him we're already heating up like all the little boys at pool parties naked and stuff like that. Him and Roland Emmerich's pool parties were just uh, the, the evidence that bad stuff is happening is just, it's too loud to ignore. Um, it's beyond rumor at this point. Yeah. Um, it kind of reminds me of like, you know, it was like the heat around Epstein a little bit, you know, it just kept heating up and heating up and heating up. But, you know, if Singer is one of these guys who, you know, doesn't show up on set because he's drunk, um, then it makes sense that Tom Cruise, who is the guy in charge on his set. Yeah. Tom Cruise is in charge of a Tom Cruise movie. So I could see him going, bring Chris in, let him take a sh He directed Way of the Gun. He can direct a movie, you know, put him in there and then. Now he's one of Cruz's. Cruz has like a stable of directors. You know, he's got Doug Lyman, he's got Doug, uh, Joe Kaczynski, he's got Macquarie. You know, so how um, much of X Men Two, not so much one, but two, do you think Singer directed? Probably about half, mm. and then probably like the director of photography and other people probably did the rest. Yeah, second unit probably did pretty much all the stuff anybody likes about it but i've never the, uh, ever all the thought that singer young boys and everything was yeah i've never thought that pop that uh, that nightcrawler sequence at the start of x-men 2 was singer's work it just he didn't seem that as talented enough to i don't know he was a guy know. who was lucky enough to surround himself with a lot of talented people who ended up yeah. doing the work for him yeah um and uh he you know, and I, I was never that taken with his X-Men movies. I always thought that they... I hated them. I, 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 I like them. I enjoy them still. Not three. Well, Three's my, an abomination. My, yeah. My, my thing with his, with his X-Men was, you know, I grew up with like late 80s, early 90s X-Men. And then I see this and they they all look like they're dressed up like Star Trek The Motion Picture or something. Like, I was like mm -hmm. what yeah. am I, you know very bland to look at didn't look like the comic books i liked reading 
Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it it had some good casting choices, but uh, uh, but you know, I just I was never that taken with it. You know, I remember when X Men Two was considered the greatest comic book movie of all time, and yeah, no, yeah. it was never ever going to be as good as Spider Man One, the the Raimi one. No way, mm-hmm. right. close. I hated X Men Two so bad because <laughs> people told me it was great, and oh, yeah. I go it was see so it. Hyped. And I had read X-Men in the 70s when I, I didn't get that type of X-Men movie until First Class, really. But, yeah, um, First Class was great. Yeah, but like I agree. There's a scene, they're, they're running away from water. There's like water coming through a tunnel, the cheapest Hollywood effect there is. And it's like, wait a minute, you got Iceman right there. Why doesn't he just yeah. freeze it? Hmm. I read the, enough of the comics to know that Iceman can freeze it, crap. It's like this isn't even, it's like it's a, a cartoon or a comic book adaptation done by people who never read the read comic books in their life. They just read mm-hmm. descriptions of the characters and said, let's do a, a big gay subtext superhero movie. You know? Yeah. It's, the X-Men in the sixties was not conceived to be a gay or Jewish subtext to anything, despite the memes you see going around. It was basically Stan Lee and Jack Kirby wanted to do a superhero team where they didn't really have to explain the origins. They just wanted to well, and- like a big team. And I think they kind of did the George Romero thing where people went, oh, look at all this subtext here. And then yep. they went, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? That's what we were thinking of. Yeah. I was totally thinking about the civil rights movement. Yeah. yeah, yeah very yeah. good. You caught on there. You're very smart. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what Rob Zombie hopes somebody does with one of his films. He goes, oh, you finally caught and done, huh? Yeah, yeah. You <laughs> yeah. figured me out. Yeah, yes, I was critiquing Vietnam and consumerism. Very good. Yeah, Romero mm. Romero rode the lightning on that shit as long as he could. <laughs> were people misinterpreting his fair, fairly flatly written work. I like his movies, but boy, did he eat, eat up his own hype and his stuff got worse. You know, you, know, thing- you know what's funny? You know what's funny about Romero is you watch Night of the Living Dead, you know, pretty timeless, good, you know, for a first film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I watched the movies on the Between Night and Dawn set. And the movies he followed it up with are like, they're, they're like student films. They're unwatchable. Like They're terrible. Uh, I like Martin. Like, I, I enjoy Martin. Well, well, I'm talking about like the stuff he did between night of the living dead. Well, did he do Martin between that? Um, Martin yeah, was right Martin before, before Dawn of the dead. Yeah. Okay. So like, there's always vanilla and like, um, some of these kind of more dr- Jack's like, wife. dramatic. Yeah. Uh, the season of the witch or whatever. Like yeah. th- those are, you watch those and they don't even seem like they're made by the same person. Like they're like, I even saw Romero, talking about it and he goes oh i didn't know anything about directing like i didn't know what he goes it's just kind of a fluke that night the living dead turned out as good as Wes craven was the same he's all his stuff looked like student films last house hills have eyes hills have eyes too last house has the acting in last house is like barely pornographic film quality you know i mean Mm. um it was made uh, by pornographers yeah Yeah. all those guys just porn done in new england like Wes Craven yeah. has actually got a role in like a porno film. I mean, he doesn't do anything, but he's just like a side character because that company, I think, got based out of Boston, was was making porno films. And the guy, one of the actors in there, actually went on to become a film director of adult films for years. Um, Fred Lincoln. Yeah. He played uh, oh, not that's Krug, right. the, the guy, other guy. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's right. Because I, I, yeah, I remember when I saw that and you look up the actors in it and you go, wait a second. <laughs> um, but uh, oh, we'll say, though, the last house on the left audio commentary with Fred Lincoln, um, David Hess, and I think Mark Schaefer is one of the funniest on the scene. I heard, sorry, it's hysterical. Um, but, uh, but yeah, um, Wes Craven. So he's like Barry Sonnenfeld where he had that like secret career that we don't speak about. Before, mm. <laughs> before like <laughs> yeah. Brian Singer. Brian Singer, yeah, he was a PA on Street Trash. You ever see Street Trash? Yeah, it's, it's a fun movie. Yeah. Is that yeah, that it's one of those George Hickenlooper? Is that him? No, no, no. 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 Roy Frumkus, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah Roy it's, Frumkus. It's, it's one of those like people melting movies. Uh, yeah, what, whole, one where, thing uh, I, the hobos. Yes, the, the hobos. Yeah. But what, what I love about that movie is this guy, he's a, he's a, he, I can't remember what other movies he was in, but he plays this gangster in the movie. And then he gets killed at the end. And then the film ends with a song of him singing about the scene where he dies <laughs> and how it dies over the credits. <laughs> I was like, what is going on? And wasn't Singer's father in Singer's father or his grandfather in Jaws, yeah? Is that why is that why he calls his production company Bad Hat Hair? Yeah, that the old guy who's got the the um bad hat is um Singer's grandfather, I believe. Really? Hmm this town it's all nepotism you guys yeah anyway um any more uh, i've got some more notes here uh i said this thing runs 40 minutes but felt twice of that it was I, insufferable I it yeah sitting. the story was a convoluted mess i can i can completely see why it wasn't picked up this is an oddity to be seen an oddity to be seen once and once only absolutely no positives from this worst monsters product ever and it's just made Rob Zombie's film a bit more easy to sit through compared to this tripe. Yeah, you know, it's it, it. I would suggest everybody if you're if you're gonna watch Rob Zombie's monsters, watch this first, and it'll probably it'll soften the blow. Bit. Yeah. Um, in fact, I was tweeting about this movie, and like the old film critic from the Memphis newspaper, the Commercial Appeal, <laughs> responded. Mm. And he goes, "I I have not seen this. I'm going to watch it immediately." Oh boy! <laughs> He's like, see, I, "How did I miss this?" See, the thing is, the problem with this one is it has that monsters tag. You think, okay, we've seen the other versions over the years. Obviously, the most famous one. Surely they can't deviate away too much from the formula. Well, they do. It goes too far because um, it, it doesn't really resemble the monsters anymore. And when you go that far, you go, well, who's this for? Like, hmm. monsters Didn't, fans don't care. And, and certainly people who ne- don't like the monsters, never heard of it, certainly will not care. It was edgy monsters. It was uh, similar to, uh, what was it show, Bates Motel about. Norman Bates. Oh, this is way worse than Bates Motel. Oh yeah, no, Bates <laughs> Motel I didn't like. It had it had moments then where I thought, wow, this is really cool to see the backstory of mm. Norman Bates. But this is yeah, this is way, way, way worse. Not even comparable. Bates Motel does not have Olivia Hussey as Norman's mom though. No. No. That's the problem. And and the other thing is what the guy who wrote wrote the, the script was uh Brian um Fuller. Well, Fuller. Brian Fuller. Fuller, yeah. 
who and he did a show called uh, Pushing Daisies before this, and this seemed like it was the monsters through the prism of Pushing Daisies. Mm, you know, okay. if you've ever saw that show, no. um, yeah, it, it, it that was, was directed on, by Barry Sonnenfeld, actually. Yeah, it was directed by Barry Sonnenfeld. Yes, mm. but uh, the, you know, they were like, okay, we need a, a gayer director for the monsters. Let, who do we have? And they were Brian Singer, of course. So let's get a lesbian as Lily. Let's get a trans yep. man who now goes by the pronoun of uh, her, he or her, them, or whatever the fuck it is. I don't know. <laughs> His grandpa, um, mind you. Um, oh, interesting fact, though, about Rob Zombie's film I just found out last night. Grandpa won't be uh, mentioned as grandpa, only as the count throughout the whole film, because he's not a grandpa. That's right. Because yeah. they don't have grandkids yet. He doesn't have grandkids yet. Because eggs are gone. Hey, Garrow, but Brian Fuller, he yeah. also did Hannibal. I know I love Hannibal, but it's like yeah. the same. It's 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 like that works for Hannibal. Like he was perfect for Hannibal. Mm-hmm. I mean, but you're not going to get do have the guy who does Hannibal to do fucking monsters. You know, it's like well, didn't, it's like you've got to be in your wheelhouse. You know, I've seen the first two seasons of Hannibal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't see the third season. And Lorez was saying that in the third season, it's like the showrunners were reading like Will Graham and Hannibal Lecter gay erotica yeah it does oh, kind of start and it does and start he to goes, go in he goes it, he goes it's like the showrunners read that and went this is what the fans want yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're gonna have dollar hide with a mask on jacking off in the corner and oh my god <laughs> no they didn't go that. Oh, that, that's that, um that that's the like, wrong show that wrong show wrong show yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah i mean the, the hannibal's way better than mockingbird lane you know and plus yeah. the good thing was um brian singer didn't have anything to do with animal <laughs> yeah. you know the one thing though that the regret i have after watching this is uh gara said why don't we do mockingbird yeah well <laughs> gara said why don't we do mockingbird lane but before that you actually <laughs> jokingly said about this ain't the monsters i'm like that would be more enjoyable <laughs> than this shit <laughs> I was just looking up everything monster. So, <laughs> and, but and but when like, you put that poster art up of Rob Zombies, this ain't the monster. Go, what is this crap? Or- yeah, yeah, because I took the, the, the porno cover and I took out anything about it that said porno and then put like Rob Zombies. <laughs> I thought, God, they quick. They've gotten on. I mean, I know they do. They, they knock those parodies out quick, but did um. I said, oh, God, they've got a Rob Zombie one already, but then you go, no, it was like 10 years ago they made it or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I would have enjoyed watching that more than this fucking garbage. <laughs> oh, I knew this had to be had to be reviewed just because of how, how uh, everything about it, you know? I forgot yeah. the huge pedophilia aspect to it, but, um, you know, because I saw it like 10 years. Because when you watched it 10 years ago, the, it was like oh, that stuff was simmering about Brian Singer, but mm. it, it wasn't like at the full boil it's been for like the last eight years. The um, only, you know, and- the only thing about Brian Singer in 2012 that was out there, and you had to go looking for it, was apparently there was an incident with a shower scene with teenage boys on the set of Apt Pupil. Did y'all hear about this? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that was that was the only story out there where people were like, "What's going on with this guy?" But you know, I think it had kind of dissipated. Like you said, it was simmering. Yeah. Didn't um. <laughs> There was Didn't a photo he... of him with his two boyfriends dressed as a priest at a costume party. 
Oh, it's very James very, Gunn. Very James Gunn. Yeah, yeah that's, and there was a shot of him like and his... Hugh Jackman with a bunch of young boys on his hair, airplane. For what I, was that? What I understand, Hugh Jackman's part of that group. Yeah, he's no, I, he's been said. Me. It's been said for years that his wife Deborah Lee Furness is pretty much a beard. Have you yeah. seen her? She's fucking ugly. She's yeah, she's not ugly. She was nice when she was younger, but she is like a decade older than Hugh Jackman. Yeah, she yeah. looks Plus, terrible. Yeah. Mm. Like uh, your buddy over in Clearwater, there, uh, Gero, uh, Johnny, <laughs> uh, Trav. You know, tra- oh yeah, yeah, tra- yeah. Grease, Mr. Yeah, Grease. Yeah, yeah. But it's, 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 it, you, when you see those two, you're like, yeah, something doesn't, commit, something, yeah. something's wrong here. It's you know? been, yeah, it's pretty much well known over here. And he's a song and dance man. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Look, we're going to rate this piece of shit. Um, <laughs> I gave it a zero out of 10. John, what are you giving? <laughs> <laughs> One. What? Why? Yeah, what? I gave it zero. I have fucking nothing about it. I like at all. Well, I would give it one as well. I think it's this is one of those things that should never have been. It should never have seen the light of day. All right. So it's, one from Hannah Garrow. Don't let me down. What do you give it? I a, give it. I give it a one scared prepubescent boy. <laughs> Just one. One scared prepubescent boy. Okay, but there'd be more than that on the set. It probably would have been like fifty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> everyone was running. I, I just don't, I, you know, if you want to get infuriated, just think about the casting of Eddie Munster for the show. Just get, it'll make you angry, you know, because you know shenanigans went on during that. Yeah. Oh, boy. Shenanigans. And and it's just like, it, it, and remember, remember when, like, all this was going down and all the stuff was coming out at post uh you know, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. And then there was like, um, some company, I forget the, I forget the name of the company. I think it was the same company that funds the Expendables movies. They were hired him to do like fucking Red Sonia, you know, to, yeah. to, mm-hmm. to direct the Red Sonia movie. And it's like, no, he's a fucking gay pedophile. He does not know how to make a Red Sonia movie. You need Michael fucking Bay to direct fucking Red Sonia, not fucking, you know, I don't want to get Hollywood. I just Red Sonja is a plus, property that no one gives a fuck about anyway. It was I never liked the original film. Although it was terrible. Yeah, but if you're going to do it, you have to have uh, someone who would understand what people would like in a Red Sonja movie. Michael Bay is the type of guy who would know what people want from a Red Sonja movie. Not friggin' Brian Singer. He he, he would cast like fucking um, like Shelley Duvall as fucking Red Sonja. Someone like that, you know. <laughs> Well, oh man! <laughs> the great thing about Red Sonia comic books, which is where the character came from, she's not a Robert E. Howard creation. Um, it's the Frank Thorne comics from the seventies, where she's like this busty chick. So it's kind of like Russ Meyer meets Conan the Barbarian. And there's no director today that would even try that sort of thing. Maybe no. Michael Bay of twenty years ago, but probably not today. It's just actually there is one. Who? There's one, Garrow. No one's going <laughs> to yeah, give me true. anything. No one will give me any money to make a movie. <laughs> All right. If you if you were given a Munsters property, okay, shit, they gave Rob Zombie one. So if you were given a Munsters, okay, let's say Munsters 2 with Rob Zombie. Some reason they give a Munsters 2, but you, Zombie, you got to get a coat. 
a co-writer on. He watches Dangerous People, says, I like this guy. I'm going to contact him and we'll see how we go. Where would you take the story of Monsters 2? Well, I got to see where he takes it in Monsters 1. I, I, I can tell you now where it's going to finish up. It's going to finish up with um, Lily saying to Herman, Hermie, I got a special surprise. And you're going to see the baby bump. That's it. So she mm-hmm. reads it. That's it. I don't even, I think that might be out of, out of Rob Zombie's wheelhouse. <laughs> you know, I, cause I don't, I don't think he can, can even like fuck around with that. Like putting a baby bump on Sherry Moon Zombie. I think it'd be too scary for him. I think it'd be too frightening for, for Rob Zombie. <laughs> mm. You know what I, mm. what I love about it. I think, I think isn't like Sherry Moon Zombie, the oldest Lily Munster ever. Oh, easy. She's yeah. like 52 or something. Two, I think, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Yvonne DiCarlo was 50. Early 40s. Early 40s. Early 40s she was when she did Monsters. No, yeah. Yeah, she might have been about 40, 41. But, I mean, she was actually about 54 when she did Monsters Revenge in 81, I'm saying. Yeah, but I'm I'm just saying when they, I'm talking about like Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I'm, I'm just short, drawing the parallels between even yeah. older Yvonne DiCarlo yeah. for Monsters Revenge compared to Sherry Moon for the first one. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. no reason why he couldn't have said, look, well, there is probably called divorce. He couldn't have said mm-hmm. to Sherry Moon, I'm going to go with someone younger. But yeah, that would have gotten him. Uh, that That's his crutch right there, Sherry Moon. He needs to completely cut her off the thing and say, look, I'm going to just... Com-. Jeff Daniel Phillips... Not going to happen. Not going not gonna to happen. I, I totally agree with you, Hunter, but that's, that is his... Cr- his um, Sort of, you know, the albatross around his neck. He's got to put Sherry Moon. He's, he's, he feels now compelled to put Jeff Daniel Phillips. I'm telling you now, man, if Sid Haig was still alive, he'd be grandpa. I guarantee yeah. you. Yeah. Oh, you're I mean, definitely right about that. That makes me glad he's dead. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just, I, but I'm going to tell you, I'm really excited to see uh, how Sherry Moon Zombie plays Groucho Marx. So, you know. <laughs> she needs to play Harpo and just shut up. <laughs> like is is he mad at are he and Bill Mosley not friends anymore? Is Bill Mosley not in this? Or Mosley Mo, maybe Mosley just had enough and said no. Nah, is I'm he retired? I feel like Bill Mosley used to be in all this stuff and now it doesn't seem like uh doesn't yeah. seem like he's in all this stuff. Let's see. He's out of the click. He might be retired. Hmm. Could be. Only out for horror conventions, probably. At least yeah. we didn't get Malcolm McDowell as grandpa. Thank God. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just, I'm, I'm just curious to how this is all going to play out. You know, I, because you know, you know that they were, they were hoping for something better from Zombie, but since they were like, oh, it's going straight to, and I'm telling you, I think Universal has already made a profit off of this movie. I think the budget was five million. I think Netflix probably paid probably five, six, seven million dollars to, to, for the rights for it. And they're putting it out on, I think they're putting it on Blu-ray like two or three weeks before it hits Netflix. Yeah. So they're going to get all the, you know, uh, Rob Zombie Hot Topic fans <laughs> to buy the Blu-ray and DVD or whatever. And I, I tell you, I think Universal is going to make probably, you know, a few million profit off or, of it. So. Or the other way it goes around, Garo, is this. One person buys a Blu-ray, everybody waits for the uh, Pirate Bay torrent to go up. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, uh, it's, but see, you got to understand is that there are actual, like, like, like look, 
just take Kevin Smith, for example. Like, I was reading an article that said the whole reason Lionsgate put up the money for Clerks 3 was because they had the Blu-ray and DVD rights to the last Jay and Silent Bob movie, and they made a lot of money selling the Blu-ray and DVDs of the last Jay and Silent Bob movie. So there are, if there, so it seems like Kevin Smith and Rob Zombie has the type of fans that will actually go out and buy the physical media. You know what they I mean? Do. And there's very they few do. people who have that, that kind of cloud still. Well, Kevin Smith, yeah, Kevin Smith said the reason Clerks 3 is happening is Jay and Bob reboot sold like crazy on Blu-ray and DVD. Mm-hmm. He said that's the reason it's happening is that he goes, hey, all you guys, you went out and bought it. And so that's why it's that's why that movie's happening. It's not, you know, it's not for once. It's not a movie that's being made to prop up his kid's career. I, I don't even know if I could sit through Clerks 3. But, Clerks 2 was so bad. But speaking yeah. of uh, Bill Mosley, he has 12 movies coming up. on. Okay, so he's not retired. He's far no, from it. But he, he was in... Um, Three from Hell. I forget that movie exists, so I don't know. Maybe he looked bored. He looked uh, bored in Three from Hell. He looked really bored. Um, and apparently, one of them is what? Okay, never mind. It said Untitled Lamberto Bava Project, but it doesn't say it's directed by him. So <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Anyway. All right. So, do we want to go ahead and wrap this up? I think so. We've uh. Spoken a bit about the monsters and a shitload about Rob Zombie. He's, <laughs> he's like that possession we just can't get rid of. Let's, you know let's have a rule. When we do monsters go home, mm. table the Rob Zombie. I think Unless so, there's yeah. There's something in there that just has to be said. But maybe we just keep it, keep it nice and comfy. Wait, the Dragula is in that, right? Yeah. Yes, it is. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Okay, Monsters Revenge. We'll keep it. You know, we yeah. won't talk about Rob Zombie oh. too much in Monsters Revenge. Don't don't oh. even go near Rob Zombie during Monsters Revenge. My brother will fucking hit the roof. He goes, I just yeah. that film, man. We used to watch every freaking day after school. Come home, put the tape in Monster. I oh my god. Honestly, I think I've seen that film about a hundred times, and that is not a joke. Rob Zombie, you can wait. During months of revenge, yeah. or minimize drastically, <laughs> but yeah, there was a lot of Brian Singer talk for good reason as well. With this one, because well, uh, yeah, because he directed one of these things, but yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, I am personally going to say Mockingbird Lane, stay the fuck away from it. It's just an app, don't even waste the 40 minutes. It's not, you might go, it's only 40 minutes, man, you will never get that time back in your this life. Is, this is uh, go this for a is, walk, be productive, do something, don't watch that shit. This is the most morbid Eddie Izzard. Oh. This is the most morbid of morbid curiosities as far as the monsters goes. Although I will go in the bat for monsters today and say I am going to watch some more episodes. I would. Uh, oh, more scammers ringing me. Fuck you. off. Um, All right. Yeah. Uh, can yeah. We, can so we, can, next next week when we do uh, here come the monsters, can we get a uh, episode tally on how many? episodes of monster today you watched in the past week and how many episodes hunter watched and we'll see which one of you two wins yeah i I'd probably lose i think hunter be up for about maybe <laughs> 12 a day behind you, <laughs> over. yeah I'll binge it yeah we just go you can tell us if it, goes, if it gets any better if so me and john can <laughs> i don't want to watch another one yeah i'll give you kind of a trajectory greatest hits yeah. you know yeah, yeah. if you're like oh there's a side 
Side episodes. Stuart Hunter discussed Monsters Today, episodes <laughs> 2 to 25. You can do an episode mixtape for us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, I really am going to watch some more episodes of that. Uh, binge it. I'll maybe watch three in a row. That'd be about it. Um, until I think that'll be my threshold before I say, Ugh, I'm out. I don't know. I kind of I kind of now want the Hunter Stewart Monsters Today podcast. Yeah. <laughs> the, um, midnight monsters cowboys <laughs> yep. every yeah. week in that new episode of monsters today you- yep yeah and we uh managed to get john chuck on and say you know what we thought you were the best herman of the all we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll do month we're, we're gonna do i'm starting a new podcast it's called monsters today today and we go through every <laughs> single episode of monsters today yeah and we just you go through all 72 episodes. Yeah. Garo and I will Can't do a, a spinoff of that, the Monsters Today Today after show. And we'll talk yeah, about it. Yeah, where we actually. The after dark no, episode, one, yeah. John, yeah. that one will be called Monsters Yesterday and Today. Yes, yes. <laughs> why, Monsters Y&T. Yeah. <laughs> or it could, we, want to, we, we want to get in on that before Chris Hardwick does. That's, that's why. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Actually, when you yeah. mentioned about yesterday and today, I was thinking of the Beatles' uh, Butcher cover album, not uh, Y&T, but that is the sort of thing Rob Zombie would do on the soundtrack that's coming is have that cover recreated with Herman and Lily and Grandpa with a bunch of dead baby dolls. Just, oh boy. Fucking Songs inspired great by the monsters, idea. Rob Zombie. Al Lewis here. I've got a great idea for a tribute album cover, Rob Zombie. Would you like mm-hmm. to hear it? <laughs> from the grave he says that <laughs> yes yeah and then, Carolla, and then he smacks adam smack carolla's you. friend <laughs> yeah al lewis beat a young adam carolla oh he beat adam carolla oh, that's right yeah yeah <laughs> you little bastard <laughs> now listen you know it's funny man, i'm gonna smack you <laughs> you know it's funny after i i watched all this monster stuff the one thing i had to go back and listen to was the stuttering john interview of fred gwynn <laughs> <laughs> because it's just like him asking him monsters question and fred gwynn being like you know completely nice like he asked them did vincent van gogh ever dress as herman Mun- dress as frankenstein you know and stuff like that and and it's like because i guess fred gwynn like later in life you know was kind of like in imp- Oblivient about the whole Herman Munster thing. Mm. Like, he's like, I've done all this other work. Why aren't people noticing all this other work I've done? All Why doesn't nobody body notice monsters? me at Pet Cemetery? Yeah. Don't want to go up that road. My cousin Vinny. My cousin Vinny. Yeah. Yep. That's what yeah. I was going to say. Yeah. But it, it's, and, and always do it. Stuttering John is asking him his stupid monsters like questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. God. And then so there'll be a side back. episode where Garrow and I. Uh, review this ain't the monsters scene by scene. <laughs> uh, yeah, scene one starring whoever it was as Herman, and uh, you know, yeah. you know what? I bet you damn well before we close up. You know what? I bet you damn well. <laughs> First day of the shoot of Rob Zombie's The Monsters, he looked at Sherry Moon as bad as she and said, "I'm fucking Lily right now." That was been a dream to always fuck Lily monsters, so. Guaranteed. Doing I, it now. That's the only reason he he wanted to do the movie and make it have her in it. Because I'm sure I'm because I'm I swear 
I swear they offered him a higher budget to get star, like real people to star in it. I'm sure they said to him, Rob, we'll give you 50 fucking million dollars and a guaranteed theatrical release. Hire real fucking people. Yeah. He's like, no, Sherry is Lily. And they're like, take your five million and get the fuck to Budapest and don't talk to us until the fucking thing's in the cam. <laughs> oh, man. Well, guys, we got to start wrapping it up. We will wrap it up. All right, Gary, thank you for coming on. You're here for all the entire run of the monsters. So, yeah. Um, monsters episodes, yes, we can recommend. Um, monsters today, eh, Hunter and I are big champions of it. And, um, yeah, none of us can recommend <laughs> Mockingbird Lane. Yeah. All right. Um, anyway, before we go, the usual plugs and shit. Ko-Fi, we've got a Ko-Fi donation page, which you'll find the information below. And that's about it. Uh, stick around for the Nez, for his piece. And, um, yeah, we will see you next week with Monster Go Home. All right. Yeah. And on that note... So see you later. Yep, later. And now it's time for Rue Britannia with your foreign correspondent, the Nez. that will surprise nobody up in those who think that 3,000 years of longing lands at the airport with wheels on the runway, and <laughs> it doesn't, Boris Johnson finally took his leave from public office this week in his usual going-in-style knock-em-dead manner, we've come to basically know loathe. Having announced plans for a new £700 million nuclear reactor, which the new government will overturn, he then pleaded with a successor not to resume fracking on the basis it was more dangerous than nuclear energy and then advised the English public to save energy in the upcoming recession by buying a new electric kettle. This as he left number 10 whilst accidentally hitting his head on the doorframe on the way out. This while promising a return in the best Bond Villamena to public life. Given Barbara Broccoli's obsession with woke CRGT, race and gender swapping, he'd make a fantastic head of a black Caribbean drugs cartel. Indeed, given the tens of thousands murdered over COVID lockdown, or his, no acting required. Culture, and the three-day Nottingham Carnival in London was held for the first time in three years last week. It went as well as could be expected. 209 arrests, one dead, one police force dead, multiple injuries, and a collapsed bus shelter. The latter when a group of rebels decided to climb onto the roof of a bus shelter to perform the Bigly Shim. Guess what happens next? The bus shelter collapses through the weight. As for the murder victim, he was a local black immigrant community rapper found dead in the street in very suspicious circumstances, which is to say, a knife attack. Normally, if anything, would actually at this stage sound like a routine episode of CSI London, except in this case the team is so preoccupied with the idea of measuring each other's skirts and hemlines that solving the idea of crime just basically really gets in the way of the job. Anyway, same time next year. 
Sport. And next match, the United Captain Ryan Giggs breathed a sigh of relief with his rape trial in Manchester collapsed after three weeks. The presiding judge offered no explanation for the end of proceedings, though it is suspected that jury tampering at least may be the reason, or possibly alternatively, the idea of the jury being influenced by public remarks. The judge instead ordered a retrial for next year. Given the embarrassment caused to both the defendant and both its alleged victims, the rematch should be revelatory as the original trial. Giggs' private life with the opposite sex basically really indicates that he really scored Frankie Morway's one. Final notes in passing, Avita Perron and her wife Harry Markle returned to the UK for a two-week visit. Arriving in the early hours of the morning with blankets over their heads, the ex-royal wooden tops arrived to undertake their usual annual holiday, consisting of booing, jeering and rotten fruit throwing. Their favourite film, by the way, is The Great Rock and Roll Swindle. The BBC donates £1.40 million of licence repairs money to charities in relation to Lord Dyson's report, which held last year that the BBC was culpable in the death of Diana, Princess of Wales. Makes a change from the BBC blowing the money on rainbow flags and coke. And Merseyside Police screw up the investigation into the fatal shooting of a nine-year-old child by groveling to the local underworld for information on the killers and the local fraternity for telling them to get lost. The police, nonetheless, should basically stick to what it is they actually really do best, which is to say, woke CRGT policing. After all, has worked so well in the past. PAX. Thank you for listening to the Midnight Movie Cowboys. For more information, go to www.midnightmoviecowboys.com. For feedback, comments, or show suggestions, go to midnightmoviecowboys at gmail.com. Like what you hear? Head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. Hear us on Stitcher Radio. Head over to stitcher.com and download the app. Want to help the show out? Head on over to www.midnightmoviecowboys.com and hit the PayPal donate. We appreciate all donations of any denomination. Find us on Twitter at MMCowboys. Like us on Facebook. Head over to facebook.com type in Midnight Movie Cowboys. Hit the like button over there. 
Want to friend us personally on Facebook or follow us on Twitter? Go to www.midnightmoviecowboys.com and find the links from there on the right-hand side. Thanks for listening. See you all next week.